Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about dancing and singing our way through five years of Review Starlight. <laughs> I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Fae Fair. And joining me is... I'm your co-host, Ben Enns. My pronouns are she, they. And we're joined by the one and only Catherine. Hello, uh, I'm Catherine. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here to show you Starlight. Tonight, today, we're covering both the Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight TV show and sequel movie. But first, we have some drinks to sip and some other things to cover. It's your ben, time. Ben, Ben, yes. Ben, I'm not going to let this stand. Someone has to play devil's advocate for, for the Fate Stay Night 2006 <laughs> Dean anime, and I am going to have to do it, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually here to talk about the Fate Stay Night 2006 Dean Studio Dean anime. That's what this episode is about. We will also be talking about other things. I for bet our that sanity. the Yes, for our sanity, we're going to talk about good things first. Uh huh. And, and then I guess we're going to talk about we're going to like drag ourselves down the highway on our knees in an act of penance for <laughs> watching the show. Yes. Okay. For making a podcast wherein we have to watch this show. I had very delicious iced coffee this morning. Oh, that's good. Uh, it was I'm nice. And, it was like iced coffee can tend to, even without sweetener, can tend to be a little sweeter just because of like how it's brewed. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes but sense. It was, like, it was deliciously bitter. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> I'm awake, feeling energized. I, I also had Danishes. Uh, they were the the gluten free treat of the week. Um, I'm on, I've had a great morning so far. I had a bagel, and as a treat, in a little bit, I might drink a protein shake. <laughs> That's how my morning is going, I guess. I woke up early and went to bed late. So here we are. I'm Ben Ends. I've got I've got some iced coffee with me as my podcast drink of choice. You all are so lucky to have caffeine right now. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is stopping you from getting caffeine right now. I, I assume. Everything is stopping me. There is no caffeine for me in this house. <laughs> is there... Wait, is there not a... Around? I drank that ages ago. Okay. I thought I saw it in the, in the fridge recently. Steel fence caffeine. God damn it. I can't drink coffee. It's too bitter. Oh. I'm a sweetheart. Yeah, Ben doesn't like coffee, unfortunately. I don't like coffee, and I, I always wish that I liked tea, but I can't drink tea either, really. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those, I'm like a caster style, like, this is just colored water. <laughs> Why would I drink this? <laughs> Bring the boy, too. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I'm what? looking through the notes, and you did episode by episode notes. I am so, I'm There's, proud of you. There- well, I was taking them live, and there is a section where I think I have episode nine like three times or something <laughs> like that. I'm not really sure what happened there. Uh, it gets a little blurry. Yeah. I started skipping EDs and OPs, and that just makes the entire show run together. Yes. It's impossible to tell where things begin or end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would okay. advise not doing that for anybody who wants to watch along, because the EDs and the OP are... Maybe the best part of the show. They're not that good. I was going to say that. But, you know. They're, they're, yeah. they're very of their time and they're decent. We, we, yeah. we will talk about them more when yeah. we uh, get there. Let's 
start with uh the stuff that ben and i are watching this season okay, we are season. very behind it's like gonna... halfway through the season do you want to end on review starlight for your et time yeah, yeah probably so the do, most we'll do... meaty so current anime narcissu and then review yes. starlight stuff. yes okay. sick sick Okay, uh, we are watching the second season of Sugar Apple Fairy Tale. Yeah, it sure is the second season of that show, or s- still a is... weirdly toothless show that heavily involves slavery. Yeah, <laughs> it... I was about okay. to ask. That's the slavery show, right? Yep. Okay, um... okay, okay. The thing about it, this is the thing that I have to say in its defense. Unlike many uh, anime that have a slavery theme, it understands that slavery is bad. So that's it's got that going for it. Yes. Uh <laughs> the it, is, bar. it is uh it is very clearly the second core of a two-core mm-hmm. show in that this is not a second season. This is uh we are picking up right after where we left off and mm-hmm. kind of didn't maybe didn't plan for uh there being a break in it was between. it was a very funny spot where the the main fairy guy uh uh sold himself off into slavery again so that the girl could pass her candy competition yes um <laughs> uh the thing that i will say about it is that it continues to be like an effective otome like drama yeah that's yeah that's not re- usually my style. It's fun to dip into th- things that are different than your usual stuff sometimes. If you like male tsundere's, there are so many of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you like like fancy pretty boys who are kind of mean uh, and very tall compared to the main girl, then you'll have a great time with it. Yeah. This, again, not really my style, but it's fun to watch that kind of thing sometimes. I think it, it is also like, yeah, it's like... Uh, Effective drama. Yeah, it's fun drama. The It looks nice. It's like... I I would not watch more than one of this. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know that I would watch this if we hadn't watched the first season. No. Um if it was like a just a another standalone kind of this style of show, but yeah. I'm having a nice time. The first season would sometimes drop these like completely insane one-liners like original sin is when Eve fucked the fairy king instead <laughs> of Adam. What? <laughs> That's why women are treated badly in this society. Yeah, it is that is one thing i will say it is interesting it is interesting the i don't know that it's always like good about this but it certainly it it wants to engage with the ways in which sexism uh is bad i guess uh-huh. it's like there's a, a a female protagonist and it is not a perfect world where women are treated equally like mm-hmm. she is constantly running into men saying why are you doing this yeah, like yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Candy making is a man's business. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On a better note, Undead Girl Murder Farce. uh, Again, we've only watched the first two Two episodes. episodes Uh, It's Undead Murder Farce. They dropped the the girl the, girl. the title for Crunchyroll. Um, right, yeah, we've watched two episodes. Uh, great show so far. 
the uh first episode sets up that um th- this that uh yeah there the it is a world with uh like fantastical monsters mm-hmm. uh the west has come in and is trying to snuff out uh those like uh, fantastical creatures it is like Japan. into japan yes yeah. sorry um it is very very obvious or like yeah it is a metaphor for uh, yeah it's a metaphor for like westernization kind of taking japan's heritage away from it yes Um, that is both literally happening and metaphorically happening through the mass slaughter of yokai yes Um, i have not um i have not read it but i do um i remember there is this there is actually this academic book about how like the arrival of the west and the meiji era changed japan's conception of their own myths through Mm. interacting with the west interesting Mm -hmm. interesting uh if if all it was was like a cool metaphor and the actual show wasn't very good i don't know that i would like be as high on it as i am uh but the the it turns into a like murder mystery uh style uh-huh. like um yeah it's it's fun the the main the main two characters are a like half uh half oni mm-hmm. uh guy who got like experimented on to give him oni blood um and uh an immortal woman who has lost her body and is therefore just a head in a cage bird cage in a bird cage uh this is this is a show that is not subtle about its metaphors uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, and they have a they uh play off each other really nicely they got good um, banter yeah yeah uh-huh uh, someone described it as Bakemonogatari style banter, and like it's got a little bit of that. It's got a little bit of that, like, uh, uh, like visual playfulness, while most of what is happening is just conversations. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like, well, yeah. fun camera angles and shit. You know. Um, but yeah, ton of fun. Yeah, we've only watched two episodes. Maybe it'll. I. It has a huge amount of potential to go into shoujo, like shonen fights like stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I am worried about. Yeah. Uh, so here is hoping that it ma- maintains mostly being a mystery drama yeah. show. The third thing that I was going to watch this alone because I'd heard people uh, talking it up. Um, and so, Catherine, you also watched a bunch of yep. this. I watched uh, is... the first six episodes. Um, what is the. Yeah, just Bang Dream. It's my go. Uh, which is uh, the most recent um, Bang Dream series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It thankfully doesn't require anything any previous knowledge of bang dream bang which dream is, is like a girls and bands kind of series yes uh there's a really funny line at some point uh in the like uh i've watched up episode six um there's a really funny line where someone's like 
Yeah, you know, this isn't like a, a music school or anything, but everyone just happened to join a band. <laughs> it's a hot new fad among young women. Uh, and then lists, like, what I presume are uh, other Bang Dream bands. As yeah, when they, just, when they just mention random bands, I'm like, okay, this is clearly, like, the most extent of franchise stuff they're willing to do. And it's fine, because you don't have yeah. to know. Uh, the, the pitch of it is, okay, the main character's name is Anon, which I will never get over. <laughs> it's Incredible. so funny. Uh, it's a real, like, um, in the, it, yeah, it, it made me think of the Persona 4's protagonist being, uh, in official stuff being you, uh, <laughs> like, that style of, uh, tongue-in-cheek protagonist disease. Yes. Like, um, uh, like say, uh, having your protagonist labeled in speech as protagonist, uh-huh. perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> that in a second. <laughs> uh, I think it looks bad. <laughs> Catherine, you... <laughs> okay, so why do you think it looks bad? Because, like, there are some very, like, there is the occasional shot where the lighting and the models and everything do not come together just don't come together in the slightest but this is not normally the case yeah. okay literally I mean, i've seen like two shots of this show and i think that they look kind of like bug-eyed aliens uh you <laughs> yeah, know but, I mean? but who, like, they look who like doesn't like who doesn't like it when girls look like bug-eyed aliens <laughs> i mean like it doesn't necessarily feel like that's what they're going for in the way that cg often feels like it's trying for something like full cg anime often feels like it's trying for something wait is this show full cg is it not cg uh i think some of the backgrounds yeah some some of the backgrounds are probably but what i mean again i haven't only seen a few shots of it but like the model the characters it is not a thing where it's like they're using cg in the background the characters are cg yes yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're 3D models, yeah. Yes, that's what huh. I'm talking about. They look uh, a little spooky, which, you know, if you can immerse yourself in it, then you're fine, you know? I think this is this is the thing, is, like, almost immediately I I bounced off the first episode. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, the, they look so bad. I can't, like, that's I cannot do this. CG. I'm, I am also a little bit of an animation pervert, so... A little bit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I like it when girls are drawn with a perhaps concerning amount of detail. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and you're wearing your Saguka uh, Psycho uh, shirt right now. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and so, like, there is some some part of... Yes, but I, in the six episodes I watched, like, eventually that reaction kind of, like, faded to the background. I still think there are... As you said, Catherine, there's still shots that absolutely bring me out of it. Um, mm. But even just, like, the very first uh, <laughs> scene of the show, I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but if the rest of the stuff is working for you. you yeah, yeah. And and so this is the thing, is I think the first two episodes are fine. And then the third episode happens, and it's like, oh, no, oh, this show is. might be, like, really good. good. Yeah, for, uh, for what it's worth, it is worth noting that they... Uh, they release the first three episodes at once. They're kind of, and they're kind of very clearly meant to be viewed as a set. So I would advise yes. that 
any listener who wants to check the show out, also do the same. Try to watch the first three episodes at once. I will, real quick, um, you can skip to the next chapter marker if you don't want any spoilers uh, for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or if you want, like, yeah, the pitch is girls get together and play music and there's drama around the band. Uh, uh, the, the girls are each weird little freaks in their own way. Uh, okay. I love when a show is like a terrarium of little freaks, like <laughs> yes. bugs rolling around under leaves. Um, yes. Okay. Skip if you don't want any spoilers now. Uh, <laughs> I should I give a slightly, I, I want to give a like very slightly spoilery, but not too spoilery pitch. Cause I feel like the fence pitch might just be a little too general. Uh, sure. the, the pitch I would give is, uh, there's this band, there's this band that's broken up, and one of the girls is particularly traumatized, and a new girl shows up, and they help get most of the band back together, and start to work through their traumas a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the new girl who shows up sucks. <laughs> She's <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> just the worst like doesn't does not care about like anything other than like being popular and like liked by people she's uh. incredible uh-huh um she hates practicing uh yeah yeah i love her uh this is, she's got i've seen her she's got pink hair this led me to describe her as evil bochi <laughs> she is, she's not yes. okay she, she's like a bit socially awkward at times well but... this is the thing evil bochi is okay <laughs> at dealing with a people but can't play guitar <laughs> that's true yeah but, but bochi has the same basic goal of being popular uh-huh. Yeah, you're um, uh, you're right. Actually, the 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 moment that I truly fell in love with Anon, uh, is when uh she drops in class so that everyone like knows that she's in a band with Tamori, um, and uh everyone gathers around Tamori and is like, oh, Tamori is the uh described by I think multiple people as the class like mascot or pet. <laughs> um and everyone gathers around Tamori and is like, oh, you're in a band, that's so cool. And she's just in the background, like, wait, what wait, about well, me? This is supposed <laughs> to be Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of Anon's early uh kindness to Tamori is like kind of her being like, Oh, if I have the class pet in my band, that'll make me so popular. <laughs> I'm just going to carry her around in my pocket so that people come and talk to me. Uh, <laughs> that would be difficult, Ben, because Tamori's pockets are full of rocks. <laughs> Heavy. Uh, Tamori is the, a perfect little creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like, I liked her, and then episode three is really interesting. Okay, and here's here is where I will give you this, Catherine, that I don't... I think the 3D models are, like, fine, and they're animated fine, but it is a well-directed show, um, or the direction feels intentional, right? Like, uh, we will talk about this when we get to the Stay Night anime. Uh, <laughs> also, very intentional, uh, direction. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, but, yeah, the, the episode three is all from, like, literally first-person 
Tamori's point of view. Um, and we see like a variety of things. We see her uh, when she's young, uh, which is really the most, hey, hey, this girl's autistic. Did yeah, just, like, I was about catch it already? to say. They fa- uh, Tamari is autistic. In every way, she is kind of written to evoke that. Yeah. Um, and then we see uh, like her, the band kind of getting together and then breaking apart all from it's it's yeah and again it's like it's a really uh interesting episode because it is all first person the only times that we actually see her uh are when she's near a mirror which is actually like not that often uh it's mostly done like with just her uh va and um yeah yeah it's really it's a it's a really fun episode that like one yeah, really sold me on the show as like, okay, this is uh this is a a I already had kind of thought like, okay, this is like a fun cast of characters. I guess we'll see where they go. Um, but episode 3 was like, okay, yeah, I like yeah, you're doing something that I am interested in seeing where it goes. Yeah, it's it's really heartbreaking cuz you have this like, you know, autistic, socially isolated girl who like basically makes friends for the first time in her life and then a while later the whole fucking friend group falls apart and she thinks it's her fault Uh (laughs) uh-huh um which is like uh, is again is like oh anon is such a crappy person just such an awful person because and and uh again like spoilers up to episode six uh as soon as as soon as they're like we're gonna do a live show and so we're gonna have to like practice a lot and Anana's like maybe this is too much work <laughs> and it's like you yeah you you kind of you Anon knows how much this band means to Tamori and is still like yeah but like what if I just skipped out on it <laughs> But also, like, Tamori doesn't want to do a live performance because the last time she did a live performance, it was followed up by the band breaking apart. And yes. and then Anon is basically like, oh, I'm going to use Tamori as an excuse so I can be lazy and not practice. It's, oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> really reminds me of, like, uh, those, like those girls in school who like basically just hang around like vaguely you know neurodivergent or disabled people just to like make themselves look nice Uh (laughs) uh-huh um yeah i think of the of the main cast um or of the girls in the band there's also a uh she's just described as like a stray cat um she just wanders into practice sometimes and like plays for a while and then is like okay i'm done (laughs) just wanders out uh it's a really dysfunctional band i guess yeah um oh right and uh so of the main cast um she hasn't really gotten i don't remember her name rana Uh, rana yeah um so she hasn't gotten we've gotten a lot of anon We've gotten a lot of Tamori, and we've gotten a decent amount of the drummer. Taki? Yes, Taki. Taki. Um, Taki. Taki's deal is uh, 
she's down bad for Tamori. <laughs> uh, and is mad about Tamori being NTR'd away from her by Anon. <laughs> this show is basically banned NTR because uh, simultaneously, Anon is basically NTRing the band from the old leader of the band. There's so much NTR energy in this show. It's like, it's wonderful. It's delicious. <laughs> um, I think, uh, so. As of episode six, Soyo hasn't really gotten very much to do. She's yeah, kind of the, you, she's the... like the relatively stable one. You know, she keeps yeah. everyone together. It's like, guys, if we don't want the band to go down again, we actually have to talk to each other. Yeah, uh, but like all she's gotten is like kind of group mom dynamic. And so like I'm I'm interested to see what I, I have read that she gets something in in the the next two episodes so i'm like interested to see kind of where she goes yeah same uh, same yeah uh sorry yeah. i might try and catch up uh, uh also i think this should be stressed uh just because i've seen all some people compare them the show is nothing, it's nothing like bocce the rock uh like don't uh-huh. go in expecting oh, bocce wow. too it's a very different show. I think it is. It is. Yes, yes. I made. I made a joke about it. Be, uh, about her being evil, Bochy. Uh, oh no! Like, yeah, I just I mean that. That. that that's uh, I, I just mean it. Like kind of in discourse discussion, I've seen like. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's like less Bochy to like Kaon, and it's like yeah, I guess they're both bands, so uh, they're both. Well animated shows about bands, yes. so I guess you, uh, there's something to compare, uh, but they're not actually alike. I think, but also Bochi and <laughs> Kaon are closer than, than this. I agree. Yeah. To this, uh, like both of those are comedies mm-hmm. yeah, that are my, about bands. My game is, is a drama with a, uh-huh. like yeah. some comedic moments. Yeah, yeah. There's some good. There's some good comedy. <laughs> there's a bit in. I think it's episode five. Where Anon wants to desperately be the front man, um, or front woman, front girl, uh, stage girl, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, she wants to sing and play guitar, and uh, all Tamori does is sing, and so she, and so Anon is like going through instruments, and it's just like uh, cuts of Tamori like playing the instrument that is like yeah yeah good comedic timing, mm-hmm. uh, but it is it is mostly drama. Yes, uh, I I normally don't watch like band shows or music shows or whatever you want whatever you want to call this genre, but I'm having a good time with it, even though it's a bit outside my wheelhouse, which I think is the sign of a good show. Yeah, yeah, same is like I I watch Kaon and Bochi and enjoyed both of them because they're good comedies yeah and they happen to be about bands uh also look very good yes uh this is like yeah i'm enjoying the i am enjoying the social dynamics it's like the band is uh a good setup for these characters to ping off one another (laughs) yeah i think it's like very reflective of like the show's kind of priorities that like in the first six episodes, there is not a concert. Well, aside from the one that's in the flashback, but that they skim by that real quick. There's not really a like yeah. concert sequence throughout half the show. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Also started our year of uh, all together, which was a uh, visual novel translation jam that ran in two thousand five, two thousand six, and two thousand eight. When you call it the year of, it makes it sound very difficult for me to get through. Fan, but uh, I'm I did. You on this? Journey. I was like, it won't take that long, and then I realized there are twenty six of these games, which is literally a year of our podcast. Quite um, literally. Uh, yeah, we played, uh, Narcissu or Narcissu, depending on... <laughs> Which version you played. Uh, I was looking for a pronunciation of the flower in English, but, like, daffodils is what we call them. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so could not find one. Uh, let me see. Uh, okay, so Narcissu is a 2005 Dojin game. It was released for free on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. What else should I say about it? What is, do you want to say what it's about? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Or do you want me to say what it's you about? Can, you can say what it's about. Okay. I read this game uh, without reading any of there, There's some very interesting author and translator notes, like a block of those. Oh, I, did I didn't touch, touch those game. either. Like, or oh, after. Catherine, there's by far the most interesting part of this game but <laughs> uh do you have a do you have a link on you i kind of want to skim these as we talk uh yeah some of i have screenshotted some relevant passages at the bottom of this i can also just attach the installer let me find uh, it. you can go on then. yeah if you just so... want to throw your screenshots that would be good too I think the the okay so it is worth saying there is a a bundle of one and two there's yes. a, he released a second game after this one yes uh we only play the one uh there's a bundle on steam that does not have as far as i could find the notes for the first game interesting it has them for the second one mm -hmm. uh which is interesting because like again as as ben said i enjoyed this but i think the most interesting parts are the uh, the authors like artist statement basically that the author gives. Uh-huh. Did you play this, Catherine? Uh yes, I did play this. I just didn't read the notes. So Okay. Did you which version did you play? Uh I played the one two bundle. It had the voices and all that. Okay, so you played the voiced version. Okay. This is very interesting because this is the whole like bit of this translation, which I think is really fun. So Narkisu Narkisu, I'm calling it Narkisu now. It's Narcissu. <laughs> <laughs> is a story about a uh, girl who in high school uh, finds out that she has a terminal illness and is going to die very soon, basically. So she's in and out of the hospital. And it's also the story of... Uh, it's mostly about her, but also there is a unnamed protagonist named Protagonist mm -hmm. who uh, also is dying of a terminal illness. And uh, unnamed terminal illnesses. Uh, and they end up in the, like, uh, ward waiting to die together, basically. Uh, the girl's time is running out. She tells him, well, she doesn't really like talking to him, but she tells him that she doesn't want to die here or at home. 
he ends up uh, having an opportunity to steal his dad's car and is like, do you want to just like go somewhere? And he brings her on a cross Japan journey to find a place for her to die, basically. And then she kills herself at the end. Uh, content warning for suicide. And then he, I guess, goes home. <laughs> yeah, like, it kind of learned a valuable lesson about there, her. So, you know, whatever <laughs> happens next is left off in the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he like he gets that photo developed and he goes home, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a very bare bones game in a lot of ways. It's very short and yeah. the characters are written like pretty, pretty anonymously, right? Like the girl has a couple of character traits, but she's pretty uh, like light on personality, you mm-hmm. know? She's like a depressed Moe girl. Yeah, uh, there there was a bit where she's like, oh, the outside world is just, like, meaningless information to me. Like, I have the information, but it doesn't really have any meaning to me as a person. And I'm like, Uh, nod, like Arcade. Right, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting little, like, tearjerker story, um... It it opens and closes listing like suicide number statistics um for, for Japan two thousand three four five yeah. yeah yeah and in the end it gives this little story of like this little like denouement of like she was just one of the people to commit suicide this year but like she was more than that she was a person you know what I mean and I was like this is so interesting I'm not really sure what you're doing with this. Maybe the author notes will clear this up. The author notes do not have anything to do with the material reality of this game, which makes sense because I feel like well, a lot of the material reality of what's happening in this game is a little, like, there, fuzzy. There is a bit in the author, author's notes where the author says, I didn't write this to, like, comment on the criminal justice system or, like, uh, uh-huh. like healthcare industry. In I wrote this Japan. to write about writing, basically. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's interesting... So, I guess if you want, like, my interpretation of the sort of suicide number thing at the start and the end, uh, this game does have a sort of, like, vague existentialist vibe to it, you know, what meaning there is life if we're all just gonna die, etc., etc., and I think kind of what the suicide stats sort of serve that theme in a way of, like, well, after you die, if there's nobody you connected with, you just become a statistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's like I think there's a lot of interesting moments in this story, right? But um, I don't know. There's something about the ending where the the girl like walks off into the sea and dies, and then the guy is like, "Wow." I really learned a lot from that disabled girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? That just feels kind of off-putting to me. That that makes sense. I think for me it would probably feel worse if he also wasn't disabled. Like if this was like a oh a normal mm-hmm. Joe helps uh, yeah, the, yeah. Th- that so, would be much much worse and I don't mm-hmm. think I would like that game very much. No. no. I think yes, it would is... be that would be way worse. I also think that um, if we had to, like, watch him go home and deal with stuff, I don't think that would have been interesting unless he was more of a person. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he's very, yeah. very not a person. Yeah. Uh, I think they should have just died together. It would have been a lot more romantic, man. I don't know. Yeah, what I, I was thinking <laughs> I was the same like, thing. I'm sorry. You're just, like, letting her go? You're not going to, like... 
<laughs> you're not gonna go into the sea together like are you kidding me so this is this, this is also is... i'm like flashing back to the 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 almost ending of kitakawa where they like go into the water together uh-huh. and then are like we can't do it we can't do it so this is interesting uh kitakawa i don't know better work i don't know where the author put it but uh he described it as the modern day dark a protagonist and a heroine both of whom die so like we don't see the protagonist die. Yes, he but, will die. But yeah, point, he will die. die. It, it, so you, I, I suppose it, you could say that about all characters. <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> um, I don't... Like, he had run out of meds. I don't think he was long for this world. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I don't think he made no. it home. I, I, why I don't, would he die no. with her? <laughs> Great question. Okay, but but also the, like, having the photo to remember her by, uh, like, printed out, feels very, like... I made it back to me. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, okay, so there's, there's, uh, yeah, there were, sorry, the author didn't know whether to voice or not voice the game. Yes. And so he released a version, or he released, yeah, the game that was released, you can play either with uh, voices or without. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and the translation effort, uh, the there were two translators who worked on it, and they decided to split the work so that one would do one would translate unvoiced, and the other would translate the voiced game. Uh huh. And that's a really cool idea. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. I will say, um, it, no shade to whoever translated this back in two thousand five. I don't think the translation for the voiced version is like it's not unreadable bad but i would it's really hard for me to tell does the game just have weak prose or is it being translated pretty mediocrely and i think the answer i came to by the end was that it was a little bit of both Mm. i think the uh yeah i would lean more on weak prose because the author calls out in his notes like if i was a better writer maybe i could have yeah there's a few lines that i i like screenshotted from my different translation than either of you read um uh where i was like oh there this is a really good line but there wasn't very many of those right Mm -hmm. there was a there one of my favorite lines in the whole thing was from actually from the uh translator note for the unvoiced so (laughs) um yeah but like I don't know how much, like, um, the author notes for his, like, goals. He basically says, he, like, talks about how what he's doing is he's trying to do, like, a, like, formal experiment. Right. right? It is worth saying that, uh, the, visually, it's... I find a lot of the visual choices really interesting. Yes. Uh, visually, it is a game where you get, like, a, uh, strip of image... Mm-hmm. And then one or two lines below that. Yes. He and says something it. about how uh, there are no sprites. he's trying to like make it look like a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like a movie screen like aspect ratio. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It is. I don't know I don't know if I like fully vibe with it, but you know, I think you it's tried. interestingly different. But I guess this is what I'm getting at with the guy with the I was reading the author note and you know, I love an artist. I love when artists are really annoying. I do think uh, this is a little like um, this feels like a project I would have seen in like a 
like first or second year new media class mm-hmm. i guess is what i'm getting at it's like interesting ideas a lot of the questions you're trying to ask are like too broad to like really be meaningful you know what i mean uh but it is fun that you're asking them and thinking about them because a lot of people just don't mm-hmm. you know what i mean but yeah, uh, it's like it's like when someone tries to write a poem seriously for the first time you know what i mean or like go from writing poems about flowers to go doing like formal experiments and poems and it's like oh you're hitting all the greatest like hits of how to arrange words on a page that people have done a million times before but it's like fun that you're doing it mm-hmm. yeah for I sure think, i would say yeah the game gestures at a lot and kind of it never it takes the dive i think but it steps its foot in enough things that like you can read this game in a number of interesting ways Mm -hmm. um you know Mm -hmm. placing emphasis on whatever parts you personally found most interesting or rewarding to think about Mm -hmm. uh i went into this with honestly pretty low expectations i'm not gonna lie i'm not usually Mm -hmm. like this but my gut response was oh this is an english visual novel from 2005 Surely the mm-hmm. only reason people like this is because, like, what the fuck else was there in English visual novels in 2005? <laughs> and from yeah. that very low expectation, I actually came out with, you know what? No, this is like a solid 7 out of 10, even today. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's not like, oh, this was just good when there weren't any other English visual novels. It's kind of a trite story, you know what I mean? I do like when a story that is a tragedy doesn't have a magical happy ending, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, I I mean, you you couldn't really fit that in here. Like, God, can you imagine if the the last five lines of the game were like, oh, we found a new medicine that's going to fix her illness, and now you two can (laughs) be together. Now, there could be a dramatic irony thing of her dying and then him actually getting his illness treated and him having to live the rest of his life thinking about how he like could have died with her or something like that. But that would be a different story. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, one, I think that having read the author's notes or the like author, uh, the author sets up, hey, what if I could make a visual novel with very little visuals? and kind of push the work of the story onto the reader's imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I agree with him that it failed, uh-huh. uh, that he does not actually accomplish that uh-huh. for multiple reasons. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm at the place where I'm like, yes, it is. It is. It's not even a particularly well told version of, the story that it's going for which is the like uh protagonist falls in love with a dying girl mm-hmm. um it does have some moments that i really like that are like um i right i played the voiced version which is interesting because only uh the girl satsumi mm-hmm. is voiced and uh there, there are, are a few random parts where there where she isn't maybe my game was bugged maybe they i don't know my game uh crashed up to three times at, at basically every scene transition uh yes this is why i said if if you're gonna play old uh on scripter en games get a more recent version of on scripter en because mm-hmm. those games are the exe is just a like 
run on script or like look at the the there's a like yeah there's stuff in the folder that actually contains the script and stuff and so you could just drop in a new exe and it just works interesting um uh right i was gonna say something right right the parts that i like are the uh yeah the the ways in which it makes clear that these characters have had their the their futures taken away from them yeah this is literalized in a very goofy way where like he's like wow she looks like she's 15 but and then she's like i actually i'm 22 but my time has stopped this is very dumb (laughs) um yeah uh but but um yeah it there there can be uh what's the word i'm searching for like uh this could have been a story Mm -hmm. where it's like well, you know, I just didn't have like any dreams for the future and then a boy came along and I fell in love and like it's so sad that I only found a reason to be alive as mm-hmm. as I died. But it it ends up feeling more like I had dreams for the future and uh like society or like people didn't let me live them out, mm-hmm. right? Like um does that make sense? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, uh, they're just sort of, like, tucked away in a sterile yeah. hospital ward to die, given nothing to do but watch a television. It is, like, uh, I think a decent amount about disability. Yeah. Um, oh, and it is, yeah, like, definitely. I, uh, these, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm disabled, so a lot of my, like, oh, disability isolationism feelings kind of yeah. ended up. yeah. backing up as i was reading this there's some interesting stuff about how when you become disabled everyone around you like just changes into different people and treats you very very different you know what i mean this is what yes it is like you are disabled by your family by Mm -hmm. like society Mm -hmm. by medical institutions and like they're literally gonna die but they could live different lives than all we have to do is read a magazine that my parents brought me and yeah. watch variety shows on the television with nothing like in a like prison ward basically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like that's the stuff that's like there there really was this grim. line that like really hit me early on where it was like oh uh friends became acquaintances and then acquaintances became strangers mm-hmm. the longer i was uh-huh. in the hospital yeah yeah the bit where it's like oh yeah they visited me all the time at first and then, like, it became obvious that this wasn't, like, a temporary thing and no one cared anymore. Yeah. Yes. That stuff's interesting. And I really like this, like... Which is... Which ties back into... I don't... Or this would be a very different story if the protagonist was not disabled. Yeah. Uh, Bracket, because they'd be a bad lot, one. Like, yes. Yes, yes. It would be a lot Absolutely. more, like, leering uh, and weird. Yeah. yeah. It, well, and it is, like... Yeah, Satsumi kind of thinks to herself, like, I have no future, and therefore, like, why even try? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, again, without the without the context of, or, like, reinforcing that she has no future because it was taken from her, mm-hmm. not because she's given up. Yeah. <laughs> like, she gave up because everyone around her said, yeah, why even try? Mm-hmm. Like, you have nothing to live for. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the game does sort of like it tries to refute this a bit because the thing that lets the protagonist uh sort of like give Satsumi the death that she wants at least 
is that he can drive. And early on, there's a big use out of like, oh, back when I lived an ordinary life, I had this driver. I just got this driver's license and I was never able mm-hmm. to use it. So there is mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of this sense of like, okay, at least like the things you did before were meaningful and they can help you now, even if it's in a unconventional way. Mm-hmm. I do structurally. I really like this, like really unsexy road trip that they go on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just like yeah. living out of the car and eating like, uh, like bare minimum food and like him, like, fucking up really bad trying to do petty crime to like every pay their time, way every time every <laughs> time he does so bad at it and it's like, like yeah it's like he can't caught. just make off with the stuff you know what i mean yeah, yeah. They, they never they, get yeah. caught but like he'll like bump into a door he'll fucking like trip he or whatever he smashed his head on a door yeah um yeah, no, no. It's like it's it's like structurally interesting to like uh have a this journey be like uh it is it is like freedom that they've longed for but it's also like a like journey of decay you know what i mm-hmm. mean it's like it was doomed from the start yeah yeah mm-hmm, which I is think, like interesting i think what makes this game work is you know aside, debatably aside from the ending bit with the photo it is a very unromanticized game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he starts getting, uh, the protagonist starts getting a little romantic about her at the end. You know what I mean? And like, it's a very like, uh, weirdly romantic image of suicide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, you walk off into the cold sea, and like, I have a picture of you smiling to remember you by. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh. Uh... So yeah, it's got like a nostalgic feeling, especially towards the end, where like the concrete stuff stops and it turns into this like monologue you know what i mean yeah yeah uh, so yes basically what i'm saying is i didn't really like how it ended mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I, I i i like the fact that she died uh you know the, that part yes i don't like the end end the monologue i think it yeah. should have just ended when yeah. she walks into the sea yeah yeah like we knew i knew about the photos you didn't need to like then like talk about them and show me them and and them like, exchanging oh, momentum. Mementos were good. She, yeah, and she's like, oh, she, she might be a statistic, but she was a person to me. And it's like, I get what you're going for here, but it is a bit. Yeah, you didn't have to like mm-hmm. say it. You don't have to beat me over the head with it. I kind of like got yeah, that. Yeah, but the last like the, the last like five minutes of the game, maybe you could have caught them, and maybe you should have. Yeah. But overall. Pretty positive on it. Yeah, yeah I thought it was an interesting yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. I like, yeah, I think uh, at least some of my enjoyment is like, you really went for something and, and kind of failed, but like made something interesting along the way. Um. um okay, translator notes. One sec. I have to read this like incredible uh, passage from the unvoiced translator notes. Hit me. Oh. Uh, from uh, Peter Jolly, the translator of the unvoiced version. Some of you will inevitably try to judge our translations against each other. Your efforts are doomed. Not only are we translating subtly different works into subtly different languages, our backgrounds, our styles, and even our very approaches to the act of translation itself differs more. In translation, there are no right answers, for all answers are equally wrong. What a great line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun grasping at like 
the way that this is translated grasps up the like the fact that uh a it it is possible to translate things quote unquote better and worse but what that means is difficult to pin down and changes from person to person and you really just cannot like fully translate a piece of work from mm-hmm. one language to another yes i think that's really interesting yeah yeah uh i believe if i remember correctly the unvoiced is or yeah the unvoiced translator uh peter jolly he's uh british and he leans harder on um i want to get across the same feeling a native reader would have reading Mm -hmm. the sentence even if i even if the meaning of the sentence is farther away from the japanese Mm -hmm. uh and i don't know that i've read anything about um the voiced translators Mm -hmm. uh like style but there was some weird like uh it's it's fun he spells curb differently from the way that i would spell curb and like he like left in some untranslated words here or there that i couldn't really make out that's interesting i thought was interesting uh yeah yeah Uh, yeah i didn't i didn't really have any complaints about the translation i just didn't i got i got the feeling that like the source text was like you know yeah probably i i get i get i i think on some level part of me is like the kind of minimalist sort of like non-existent prose maybe spits the vibe but also would the game be better if it had actual prose probably yeah it's Mm -hmm. because it's because you're trying to leave space for the imagination you know what i mean but that's kind of like an annoying thing to to, it's like i think that uh being vague and leaving questions is an important thing to do when you're trying to write a story right Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. but I think this like deliberately like oh, uh, erasing people's faces and like personalities and like trying to leave things vague so that you can project onto it is kind of a a weird goal for a story that's not like um I don't know I don't like this in visual novels either right where like the char- the protagonist is written anonymously in, yes. in sorry this is a visual novel but I mean like in um, Eroge or whatever or Fate Stay Night or fate's in a terrible example but you know what i mean like the style of visual novel protagonist who is written anonymously so that you can project i don't think this is a very interesting thing in the first place and i think it's really well trod ground it's interesting that this guy is trying to do that for like an artistic pursuit instead of like a mechanical pursuit of uh like uh being able to project but uh yeah i i think it's a little mixed but yeah, it's like the translation that I read, I was never confused as to what was happening. The way no, like no. in Kagetsu Toya, sometimes it's like reading with your screen like smeared mm. with Vaseline. Yeah. You know yes, what I mean? yes, because Kagetsu Toya is like a Japanese to Korean to English like weird thing. It's truly not, miserable. <laughs> it's not a bad translation. And honestly, you are Knowing that the uh, writer was going for a, like, broadness and, you know, critiques his own writing style, I'm willing to look back at it and be like, yeah, okay, the issues I have with the prose are probably, like, 90% on the... uh, 90% on the source text and not on the translation. Um, Interesting place to start this project. Yeah, there is one more thing I want to say, which is, uh, yeah, the the different translations, but also, I think, Satsumi 
being voiced is like I kind of wish that I'd played it unvoiced first and then voiced. Yeah. Uh that's the author says if I had to pick a version to play myself, I would pick unvoiced. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Unvoiced um, first at least. But there's like yeah, there is something interesting about like, oh, that does pin her character down. Mm-hmm. And like it's not that that oh she's super chatty unvoiced and then like voiced and she's very terse and like mm-hmm. uh barely speaks but like the 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 range of characters she could be mm-hmm. gets drastically narrowed when you have a voice to pin on top of her yeah. like the way that yeah, she says stuff I matters think, i think i prefer that just because it makes me feel like okay i'm not com- creating the story like completely out of vague ideas in air there mm-hmm. is you know I, li- I do think it's really oh go ahead finish oh yeah i was gonna say you know i like having interpretation and interpretable room but i also like having at least some sense of ground to stand on and i think mm-hmm. satsumi's voice does help create that ground. i thought it was it's really interesting that even in the unvoiced version, her text just her like spoken words scrolls way, way slower than all other text in the game, which like really it does project an image of her as speaking very like slowly and deliberately, which I think is yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't know how you make a franchise out of this. Maybe I'll find out someday. <laughs> Yeah, the idea that you made they made more of this is really interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, there's an interesting yes. Uh, there's like a di- or a direct prequel. I doesn't is... make that doesn't make sense. The thing that I would think you would do is make other stories in this style, not try and like expand on these characters. Well, so there's a direct prequel, and then there are other stories in this style. I believe. Yeah, I think one of but them the is like. Baffling. One of them is like medieval themed. That's really funny. Maybe we'll maybe we'll cover them at some point, but yeah, not not as part of this project. No, no, we no have time plenty soon. of other VNs plenty of other fucking VNs to play. Um. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Uh, I, I said all it's I like, really wanted. To yeah. Say. Music. It. There's a lot of pieces of it that I'm like. I don't. I don't know that. Yeah, it's like, oh yes, this is a Dojin game. Mm-hmm. It was it's small. Uh, I like that. I like that vibe. It's yes. like, wow, you really did just like put. This is like a game jam game, and I mean that like in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh...
the real reason we're here. That's not true. Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight. Uh, well, the best thing we're covering. Oh, yes. <laughs> fine. Okay. Uh, the TV show, very good. The movie, outstanding. <laughs> yes, uh, um, I, I, I also prefer the movie to the show, but um, I think there is a bit of a give and take, which I'll maybe talk about when we get yeah. to the movie. Well, the movie think, can't be what it is without without the show as yes. its backbone. Yes. Yeah. It, I don't. Yeah, if we the movie just, is a response to the show in a very like direct way. You cannot just watch the movie. No. I no. mean, like in a literal sense, you can. You will you will probably <laughs> mostly get what's going on, I guess, but like you'll lose so much. It'll be like a it'll be like a visual feast. Oh, it's so you know, it's like wow, I have no idea what's happening. Incredible. It's so it's well so animated. Cool. It's so well storyboarded. The just... the show yeah uh i will say one thing and then we can kind of get into the show a little more the show has like moments where it is like oh you this is like very intentionally designed and it's really incredible looking mm -hmm. uh basically every scene in the movie uh or at least like 75 percent of them are like wow <laughs> are you really just putting it all out there huh um it's like yeah yeah it's really incredible okay do you want to set, explain what this is about? Or do you want me to do the like basic descriptor of what the show is about? Review Starlight is about uh, girls who are actors. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, they... Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the core of the series, both in plot and in theme, is a play called... Or novel? called starlight the the novels the starlight gatherer starlight gather and it was adapted into a play called starlight um which is about uh kind of two goddesses meeting um uh on <laughs> sets of bun, uh on on the like night of the festival of stars mm -hmm. or festival of starlight stars it's a meteor shower um and they meet and they agree that they'll come back next year and then they climb a tower uh, uh they they okay we they meet probably... they like let's talk about this later let's talk about what okay. the actual show is about and then we can talk about well the i mean play. it is like the, it is like the play is, is yeah but yes. we should talk about like the actual reality of well, that's that's a complicated thing, but the characters, at least, who are actually the characters okay. of the show. Uh, you should watch Utena before, if you haven't already. Um, yeah. You should always watch Utena. Yes, yes. This it's is just very, a like, general um, thing, but this is absolutely in conversation with Utena. Anyway, uh, it's about a girl named Karen. Yes. She goes to a uh, fancy, like, high school for the performing arts. You yes. know what I mean? Like, uh, not focused on getting them into the acting world, like the, the theater arts, basically. There's a bunch of other girls. They're all kind of, like, in little pairs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And she made a promise when she was young that she was going to become a big star with her friend Hikari. Yes. Uh, Hikari left her uh, when they were very young to go to London, and they have not spoken since. Mm-hmm. Hikari shows back up at the school unannounced and like is very cold to her. And it turns out uh, Karen, while trying to figure out what's up with her, discovers that Hikari has entered some kind of 
uh, uh, wild underground uh, acting fighting uh, tournament in this like surrealist uh, space underneath the uh, academy in order to become the top star by defeating the other girls. Karen forces her way into the competition and becomes a contestant when she's not supposed to be. And, uh, yeah, tries to become, well, she doesn't want to become a top star. She wants to connect with Hikari. Yes. Basically. Yeah. She wants to become top star with Hikari. Yes. Yeah. And the kind of, the whole show, the whole TV show is basically a discourse of like, star, you know, top star does not necessarily allow for the existence of two people bit of a yes you know and there's Mm -hmm. kind of the show is you know it's a lot of it's many things but at its core it's fundamentally like a critique of kind of the mentality of like the entertainment world that like Mm -hmm. there is a single star and that like the nature of that world is to just kind of for girls to have to trample over each other to achieve their Mm -hmm. dreams and then you know Mm -hmm. at the end you know karen goes wait no that's stupid what if we were just what if stardom wasn't tragic and also what if my definition of stardom was really just connecting with my girlfriend yes Mm -hmm. uh these girls are so gay (laughs) these girls especially in the movie these girls be saying the most romantic shit to each other every like 15 seconds yes (laughs) i like like, basically just in a long series of like romantic confessions back and forth which is fascinating but anyway anyway yeah this the show I think is really at its best when it's operating in this like fa- like fantastical impossible. There is no way to square what is ha- like literally happening t- with this like metaphorical space that they're in, kind of mm-hmm. in the way that Utena like uh, operates in like a fairy tale space. You know what I mean? That's why I compare yeah. it to Utena a lot. It's like definitely referencing well, Utena in a lot of ways, I... but like this like blending of okay, they're at school, like the. There, there cannot be a, this space underneath the school. You know what I mean? There's not really a facility down there, but like also there is. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh, well, it is, and it is the the reason that I compare it to Utena yeah. is the first arc of Utena is a series of duels, mm-hmm. which exist so that episodes can be character studies. Yes. Uh which is like that's the entire format of the TV show is uh there's going to be a duel. And that duel is an excuse for uh, kind of two characters to ping off one another mm-hmm. in such a way that is here are who these two characters are. Uh, yeah, uh, I think there is kind of a bit of sort of thematic overlap where um, both Utena and Ravi Starlight, uh, TV and movie in different ways, will get there. Um, are very concerned with because they exist in this sort of not really real space, uh, they're very concerned with, like, the nature of narrative role, and... Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) uh, Utena's take is maybe a little more... uh, Revue Starlight is more like, okay, how do we make narrative role healthy, and how can I use it to actually connect with people instead of just trampling over them for stardom? 
and internet mm-hmm. is more fuck narrative roles. They will destroy you and traumatize basically everyone you know. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. you, yeah. Utena is at, at the end is literally the only path is to escape the story. Yes, is to leave. Uh-huh. Uh there is like you cannot stay here. Uh and yeah, Review Starlight seeks a a way for these characters to still be the people that they are, but to live happy lives that are like fulfilling and not in a way that requires everyone else's sacrifice because it does have a literal layer to it right like utena they're not actors right yeah but uh in uh revue starlight they are what the thing that they are seeking is to become part of the world of acting you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so they still need to be able to engage with the concept of acting you know what i mean like utena is like being boxed in to these roles is going to kill you. You know what I mean? And this is yeah. like, but it it is also for Revue Starlight it is also about doing art that you are passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like Uchina is about like, you know, patriarchy and abuse, et cetera, et cetera. Revue Starlight is mm-hmm. about passion. The, vi- the vibe is yeah. very different, mm-hmm. even though the vibe is the same. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking uh, of Utena, we've even got a girl who's like, show me something eternal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Daifanana, my beloved, my favorite character. Oh, she's incredible. incredible girl. Like, yes, I don't yes. remember what episode it is that is like, you get her whole deal. Seven. Uh, but, yeah, that was the episode that seven. just completely okay. like blew me out of the water. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry. The funny banana girl is what? <laughs> oh. oh. The, the girl with banana hair who makes banana themed things and banana puns is what? <laughs> yes. Uh, another episode that really stuck with me was uh, the one right after where it's like Hikari's backstory because like mm-hmm. the way that the way that they do her like losing her shine in the like London reviews. And then, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she goes through life, but she doesn't feel passionate about anything. Is like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a very, it's a pretty solid depression allegory episode. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, you That's know, great. there's some really great imagery there. There's like her just sitting miserable in the like museum, trying to remember why she's doing anything she's doing. While there's like a big giraffe skeleton behind her is really good. <laughs> uh, the giraffe is incredible. I like. What fun guy. I remember very early on thinking I mean, he sucks. But... Oh, like he he is at least in part an audience stand-in. Yeah, like uh, he is there to assess to the, the audience. Looks to the and audience in, in is the like last you're just episode. like hey. Yes, yes. And then the last episode was like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> the giraffe is a member of Gematria from Blue Archive. Yes. Uh <laughs> it's so funny that uh uh we were playing final volume in proximity to finish the yeah. show. It's this interesting um, thing where he's like, especially in the movie, it becomes this like the like push and pull between audience and like actors is like uh, a relationship that is like necessary and unhealthy at once. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like they need each other. It's a, it's like it's a toxic relationship in a broad sense because you need each other, but also and you feed off of each other and you make each other better. But and you need each other to exist. But mm-hmm. also, it's kind of fucked up, you know. Well, yeah. And, though the redemption, you know, yeah, I, I don't like using this word because it's very like Tumblr discourse coded. But yeah. the redemption air quotes of the giraffe is uh-huh. in the movie where he like 
basically sacrifices himself in full to become mm-hmm. fuel for the actors. You know, uh-huh, in the uh-huh, in the uh-huh. TV series, he's all like, all right, girls, you gotta gobble each other up. And mm-hmm. in the movie, he himself becomes the fuel. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, in a very literal sense, it's like, uh, pay for the things that you want to see in the world. Like, like support the people that you want to see creating things. Don't just, like, demand it of them constantly. Mm-hmm. It's like the very base, like, uh, way of reading that. Or, yeah, and also, uh, kind of a, let's see, uh, even as an audience member mm-hmm. in non-interactive entertainment, you're still part of the thing. The way yes. that you interpret it, the you're way that part you of the like experience it, yeah. all of that is is part of the thing being created. He's not the only person who talks to us. The yes. audience <laughs> <laughs> happens in the movie too. Well, we'll, we'll talk uh, about it when we get there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I. I. Yeah. I. This I is love. Like a... I love his interactions with Banana or die yeah. banana uh nana as as she is like no do it again and he's like are you sure uh-huh <laughs> you, you you really just want to do the same thing over again you want to talk like, about yes each pair of girls like yeah eel or something like that because yeah. this is gonna be this would yeah. be a really hard movie to, or like thing to like sum up the entire story of you I should think. watch this yes. it's it's like really uh it's a lot of like it's, actions are happening and a lot of complicated relationships are entangling on the yeah. stage. But also I think the the each girl has a like aesthetic mm-hmm. that um that her review takes place in. Yeah. That's very uh, cool. And so it's like it is a very it is a very like visually interesting and delicious yeah. uh show to watch. The music so, is like, fun too. Like yeah, the girls singing uh-huh. duets with each other while they fight, very fun. Um Okay. Uh, let's see. Nana and oh, maybe we shouldn't start with banana. Okay. No, Who do we no. Want we should. Uh, I get. What if we just start with my hero? Yeah. Okay. My hero is the <laughs> breaking the pairs thing. Is not is in a half pair with two people. Yes. Because uh, Karen and Hikari are like the main pair of characters in this show, right? Well, the main yeah. Karen's the main character. She's chasing after uh, uh, Hikari constantly, yeah. right? Mahiru and Karen start as a pair. <laughs> yes, they're they're roommates. All of these girls are like Yuri coded couples. You know yeah. what I mean? Some some are extremely yeah, uh, like these the, like but these girls all a little bit. might not like these girls might not like kiss but they blush very they come, deeply they they come really close to kissing in that yeah. movie like every uh, pair basically I th- has I, like I, one I girl in a, a like suit in, straddling the other girl I, I think there's a shot in like the last episode of the tv show where like uh karen and hikari's faces come uber close together and then it cuts away so yes yeah. <laughs> So Mahiru's uh, a like country girl who wants to be a star. She was a baton twirler, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ended up like getting talented enough to make it into this academy, but kind of like has settled in at the bottom along with Karen. Karen, who has kind of like lost her spark a little bit mm-hmm. because uh, she's like she's always been doing this for Hikari, and she doesn't even know what Hikari looks like anymore because it's mm-hmm. been like twelve years since they met last yeah. or something like that 
So Mahiru is satisfied to be at the bottom with Karen and always be like kind of pulling her along towards like being mediocre together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then Hikari comes back and Karen forces her way into the review like competition, the auditions, you know what I mean? And becomes like uh, she like lights up again and starts like running to a place that Mahiro cannot follow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Mahiro's thing is she she's she's a, really wants to be Karen's person. You know what I mean? And she kind of hates Hikari for taking her away. Yeah, you know I mean? and um, basically the way her uh, the way her arc sort of shakes out brackets in the TV series is she kind of ends up like. She's like, no, Karen, you should, like, stay a pathetic loser with me because, like, that's all I can be and I want you by my side. And then Karen basically reminds her, uh, you're not a stupid loser. You can, like, do your best to, like, make art that will make the people you love, like, Mm -hmm. happy and smile. You know, you're not, you're not a loser. She's gotten to this place where she's like, oh, acting is kind of cringe. And I'm embarrassed to be doing it. You know what I mean? Like, there's this, this thing where her parents send her a video of her, like, being on the local news when she was a kid for her baton twirling tournament. She's, like, disgusted by it because uh, of, like, seeing herself showing her passion in a real way and being vulnerable. You know what I mean? But, like, by the end of the episode, she's come around on it and is yeah. like, okay, I'm I'm going to try and be less, like, of a bitter little freak. Uh-huh. So yeah, she's interesting. She's definitely not like one of my top characters, but she has some great moments where she like uh, her like personality and she <laughs> inverts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing uh, is, I like pathetic girls who get NTR'd away. So like, or you know, speaking of that. NTR, <laughs> Kaoru. Yeah, uh, both of uh, characters. And I'm Kaoru. looking at the yeah. Uh, Kaoru yeah. pops her in the bath <laughs> as their girlfriends are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> in in one of the gayest moments of the show uh-huh uh-huh Kaoru is basically like well our girlfriends are away and like they're doing other stuff why don't we just <laughs> she just say some stuff some stuff in that bath huh uh Kauruko, that's the blue-haired girl yeah yes. yeah Kauruko and is... Beachaba, they're pretty paired so they are extremely extremely the in the movie holy shit they've been like childhood friends forever yes uh well well, yes like childhood friends kauruko's family uh employs futaba's family yes Uh uh-huh uh-huh uh kauruko is the inheritor of like a famous traditional japanese dance school basically uh and from in Kyoto and like her family is kind of expecting her to stay and instead she came to this school to try and like broaden her horizons. Mm-hmm. Futaba is kind of her like ma- maid servant slash best friend slash lover slash like assistant you uh-huh. know what I mean? <laughs> who like literally carries her uh, around and like feeds her and like literally drives her on, around le- on her motorcycle. learned how to drive a motorcycle because Kauruko was too lazy to walk to school. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh and so uh futaba's bit is that uh she has like a relationship with another girl is that with um claire claudine. wait no what's her name claudine claudine is her name i get her confused because of uh the names of the uh the goddesses from the story too mm-hmm. yeah that makes claudine sense. who is like you know you can shoot for more than like standing in this girl's shadow forever mm-hmm. basically and futaba starts getting big ideas and kauruko who has like 
Lei expected her to follow her and do everything for her forever, it gets really frustrated with this. This might be the most toxic pair. <laughs> yes, but I love them. <laughs> oh no, that is that is a uh, uh, like positive. <laughs> Ta- yes. They are codependent parentheses fun to watch doomed to be together is kind of their thing Uh that's their like conclusion the plot of their episode is basically that like Carico tries to like uh Carico gets rejected for an audition for the first time in her life because she didn't try that hard and she's like (laughs) well fuck it I clearly can't do well at this school I'm leaving Futaba, come with me. And Mm -hmm. Futaba's like, no, I'm not gonna come with you. And she makes it all the way to the train station. And then the giraffe phone ring happens. And Uh they do uh a review where it's like, oh, Futaba, if I beat you, you'll have to leave with me. Um, Kariko, like, regains her sort of, like, sense of motivation and artistic drive and beats Futaba, but does not tell, like, that she and Futaba don't leave. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, yes, the the thing that they're moving towards is, even if we do have this inexorable gravity to be together, we can spend some time apart and, like, grow as people independently before we come back together. That, that's kind of where, where the movie sort of follows yeah. up that arc more so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it starts here, right? It's yeah. like, we don't always have to do everything together. And yes, this is a wake up call for Kaoruko to like try and to, like, like oh, stand on her right. own a little Futaba bit. Futaba isn't just like my servant. Yeah. She is a person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, like, Kaoruko... I love Kaoruko. She's so spoiled and she's terrible. <laughs> she's so and I, I love spoiled, terrible girls. She's awful. Yeah, I she's love her. Because she's like always expected to both uh have futaba do all the hard work for her and also still rake in all the glory of being the very best Uh right so whenever either one of those things is not true anymore then she gets upset and frustrated and pouty Uh you know great pair great pair uh is it juna and nana yes do you want to do maya we can do maya i guess we can do maya and claudine first Because Maya Uh, and Claudine are kind of posed as the final bosses from the very beginning. You know what I mean? But they end up not really being. (laughs) Well, yeah, this is the interesting thing. Is like uh, to use Fate Stay Night structure, you know, (laughs) relevant. They are like the Archer, and then everything after that is like Gilgamesh. But if the emotional weight of these two things was reversed, in Uh their place uh in the story, they're the Archer stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, they are the best actresses in the school. Yes. Uh, like, Maya is like everyone a, acknowledges this. Yes. Maya uh, is like a uh like prodigy on a next the next level from everyone else. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Has been like constantly praised and is uh she also sounds like she's like in her thirties, which is very <laughs> funny. Her voice actress just does not sound like any of the other characters on the show, which is really funny. She yeah. sounds older than the teacher. <laughs> it's true. Oh, um, uh, there's a teacher. She's in some shots. She doesn't really matter. She doesn't really matter. Uh, Claudine is like uh, this feisty, like highly talented and highly motivated person who is trying everything in her power to overcome Maya and be better than her. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? To show her up finally. She's also French, or she speaks a lot of French at she least. She is French, French, I think. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She says returning to right, 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 right. The movie. Yeah. Um uh, the yeah, TV they're, they're fun. series, they're they're like they're fun, but they're just fine. I think the movie, you know, we'll talk about when we get there, but the movie does a lot to like elevate their plot line into something more interesting, whereas in the show yes. they're <sighs> they're kinda just like foils-ish for Karen and Hikari, and, like, that's the role they yes. serve, and they are good yeah. at doing that role, but the yeah. movie yeah. gives they us, are, like... They are... Karen and Hikari's whole thing is we want to be stars together, mm-hmm. and that is exactly what Maya and Claudine are, is uh-huh. stars together. Uh-huh. So the stars together, asterisk, Claudine still has an inferiority complex, yes. and yeah, yeah, like they're not like it's they are not the ideal end point for Karen and Hikari right. that the show wants or whatever. Well, yeah, I guess I, I I mean in the sense that the play that they put on Starlight has two lead actresses. Yes, yeah, so they are those yeah. lead actresses. Maya is the more lead. Yes. <laughs> yes, usually. Yeah, but like yeah, they're like. Maya especially is so uh they play with this in the movie is so not human mm-hmm. and unconnected from the rest of the other characters that it's hard to like grab onto them. Claudine has a lot of moments with individual characters yeah. but is also mostly too distant to like really mm-hmm. grab onto. Yeah, and the, the mo- show, mo- movie does great stuff with us, but we'll get there. Yes. <laughs> uh <Review>. now <laughs> review the last pair of girls uh doesn't always mates. like work for me as a pair. No, you in the TV yes. in the TV show, you would honestly be forgiven for not even realizing that they're supposed to be a pair. It uh, was I, I was looking at this list and I was like, who is Nana's pair? I guess Juna, because she's yeah. the only uh, other girl who yeah. isn't paired. Juna yeah. uh so Juna does not work for me very well. Uh, is the uh, thing. In the TV series, she is basically the Scion G. The person, the <laughs> not in the abusive piece of shit. She takes who, a dive real early on. Yeah, she 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 yeah. duels the protagonist in episode one, loses, tries again in episode two, and loses again. But is like, uh-huh. okay, I'll keep working hard. And uh, yeah. then she does have one sweet moment with Nana where she like tries to quote a bunch of literature at her to make her feel better. Uh, and then basically ends up doing so with her own words, but Mm -hmm. because it's, because it's Karen who gets Nana, Nana and Jenna never review each other in the show, and most of, most of Nana's character kind of comes through in her reviews with the protagonist. So Jin and yeah, Nana yeah. often don't feel like a pair, even yeah. if they have a moment or two. Yeah, I do think in the movie, uh, even uh, while I love a lot of Nana's stuff in the movie, I the 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 review of the pair of them like oh, was yeah. Uh, well, I I didn't really oh, like really? like it as much as some of the other ones. You know what I mean? Just because I don't I didn't feel like a, the same level of connection between the two of them sure. that I did sure. you know, for some of the others. You know, I think I mean? it is that makes sense. it didn't have as much weight. I think because like. Part of it, I think, also is that Nana, like, the the review girls are all, like, brackets, except for maybe, like, Jenna, Claudine, and Maya, you know, in the show. Like, the rest of them are all pretty well-developed. Yeah. And, but, yeah. like, yeah. Nana, Karen, and Hikari kind of get the bulk of development. 
Yeah. And yeah. the movie, yeah. I think, does a good job getting new full arcs for Karen and Hikari, but Nana mm-hmm. is so well served in the show that her movie yeah. content feels kind of like a small DLC campaign to yeah. channel yeah, it's like, my well, just playing the hits, you know? Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So the thing with Nana <laughs> is that she's incredible and has never done anything wrong in her life. The thing yes. with Nana is that she's literally incredible, as in is far and away the best actress of any of these girls and just is holding back constantly. Yeah. She is like she is like stunningly, shockingly impressive when she actually shows herself. She's got she's got you know in this like people's weapon shape and size uh, has a lot to do with their personality. When Hikari loses her glimmer, her sword becomes a tiny little dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nana's got two katanas, <laughs> <laughs> and then uses it to uh, well the the big one of the big reveals. This is episode seven. You said yeah is yeah. that she won. Uh-huh. already many times easily Hun- hundreds thousands <laughs> unknown yeah. number uh but uh she they they this is where we really start getting into the starlight thing right mm-hmm. this play this play of these uh to this tra- tra- tragic tale of parting mm-hmm. right they put are putting on the performance for all three years of their school they're going to like rewrite the play and redo everything from the bottom up every single year right and they do it the first year, and Nana is like, this was the best experience of my oh, life. life. This is the peak of my life. I cannot handle it ending. I cannot handle it changing. Like, a couple people leave the school after that because they, like, didn't get into the performance roles that they wanted and dropped out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And she's like, I can't do this. I need this to be back. So she wins the review and wishes to redo that play the exact same way again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she's and just then, been doing that for like God knows how many times. Yes, yes. It's a, we, it's a great bit where like her copy of the play is like way more worn than anyone else's. Uh huh. Uh, I love, I love the moment where the draft like asks again, like, "Do you?" It hasn't like worn off or anything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's like, "Nope." There, just as sparkling as it was the first time. When she's talking to, uh, when she's talking to, uh, Jenna in her, like, resolution scene, she does, uh, she does sort of admit that, like, oh, I did loop this, but every time I did make very small changes. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, even, even her who wanted to see something eternal and unchanging, you know what I mean? She, like... All the actors are the same and all of the main things are the same, but she can't help but like tweak it, uh-huh. which is why she's like, oh. f- she's like flirting with the idea of becoming like a director. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, one of my uh, one of my friends made the joke that like basically every Nazi story can be boiled down to change good things staying the same bad. And uh-huh. this is basically Nana's plotline. Complimentary. Yeah, yes. It's the it's the most Nazi yes. bit of the show. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. She wants she wants to see something eternal. It's it's good stuff. And uh-huh. like yes. uh things she continues this ad nauseum, right? Until somehow entering into this loop is Hikari. This is where what changes. Mm-hmm. Hikari loses the London review. And intrudes into Nana's world as a new character. And, and Nana's Nana like, is initially very perturbed, but then she sort of comes to the realization of, 
Actually, I like you. You should also join my eternal time loop. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm just going to make you part of the show. Yeah. And you will never be able to break out of it. No one will, because everything will always be the same, even if it's different. Uh-huh, it's great. It's really incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, who beats her? It, it is, it, it uh, is Karen. Zikari who beat her. The f- no, oh, it's Karen. Oh, oh no, who they both they both beat her actually. But like Karen gets the like last beat. A uh, Karen, uh-huh. be- uh, Karen gets to give the Nasu speech about how change is good. Actually, uh-huh. Uh-huh. we also get the banger. The the Nana fight with uh, Hikari is where we get the banger. Her like little dagger transforms uh, as she like regains some of her life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Last is Karen and Hikari. Oh, yeah. We've already kind of talked about them through all the other pairings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although, the last episode of the TV show is... Uh, ben said that, like, the the kind of visual imaginary of the last episode of the TV show is just they applied that to the entire two-hour movie. Yeah. Um, last it gets a lot TV weirder, episode, a lot faster. And yeah, last, like... There's no easy way to map the events of Ravi Starlight onto a literal reality, and you shouldn't even bother. Yes. That well, being there's said, there's no magic system that yes. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The, the and the last episode makes this incredibly explicit by having Karen going down to save Hikari and cutting between the rest of the cast going about their normal life and then also walking along with her talking about. There's uh, this. Yeah, there's this really great moment of like the reality unreality butting against each other. There's this there's this hallway with a like little side room with nothing in it, right? Mm-hmm. And it becomes an elevator when people are going to the review. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it it like changes into something else. It's like when well, you walk past it once and it looks normal, and then you walk past it again, and it's become this elevator, right? And she goes there when she discovers when she figures out where Hikari disappeared to. She's actually trapped in this like eternal stage. You know what I mean? She gets a crowbar and just like slams into the wall, trying to chip through the wall into the metaphorical space where all of this is happening. This like unreality space until like she hits it enough times that uh, all of a sudden the crowbar is jammed into the elevator doors and then she wrenches the doors open and it's a staircase going down. It's fantastic. It's yeah, it's great. Review Starlight is some like fucking anime. Brackets complimentary. <laughs> fucking anime. That's anime right there. Yeah, this is this is like animation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's but, wonderful. So yes, the play is about uh, two girls who meet, and uh, they part ways. They meet again, and the one girl has lost her memories. In an attempt to get her memories back, they try to recreate this ritual of plucking stars from the sky during the Starlight Festival in order to, like, be granted a great wish. What's it? If you pluck the small one, you get small happiness. If you pluck the big one, you get a lot of happiness. Well, if you pluck pluck the big one, you get glory. Oh, glory. Okay. And if you get both, you get an eternal wish. Yeah. (laughs) They climb this tower and, like, face off with a bunch of other people who failed to do this other other goddesses and then when they reach the top the girl who lost her memories falls off of the tower and the other girl is in despair and then the movie ends. the girl who lost her is blinded by the brilliance of yes. the stars and karen uh 
fights uh um this so like this is what is happening with Karen and uh Hikari's story, right? They Karen is like we can just fight together. None of us neither of us have to be the winner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hikari has already lost this competition and she's realized what happens to the losers is that the life and sparkle and like artistic create like energy is sucked out of them and f- funneled into the winner. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Granting them the power to become someone uh beyond human in terms of yeah, like creativity. Hikari's answer to this, because like the way it goes is like because uh, there's an odd number of participants, the draft's like, let's do a double review of Karen and Hikari against Claudine and Maya. And then they win, yeah. and then the draft's like, psych, final review time. And then uh, Hikari stabs Karen in the back and is like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to take any of your glimmers. Instead, what I am going to do is like make myself suffer eternally and perpetually so none of you have to she becomes yeah. the angra oh. of stardom yes and she knows the uh no one knows this is what happens to her because she just drops out with paperwork that has a giraffe stamp on it <laughs> and disappears and no one can get a hold of her yeah oh. there's a there's a great series oh. of scenes that is like one day after the final edition two days after the final edition and it gets up to like six months seven seven months after the final edition and it's like oh yeah karen's still hung up on you huh the oh uh the 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 duels the way that you like signify victory everyone's got like these cute little magical girl outfits the magical girl transformation sequence being this like horrible machine manufacturing these like outfits on mass is really cool yeah it's such a it's such an incredible thing because it's like oh uh it it's the transformation sequences for Karen. And so she drops off the crown that she has and that like turns into her gold button and like the, the, uh, all the metal on her outfit. Uh, but it's like, Oh, you aren't making one outfit. You're making like hundreds of, uh, 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 so they get a little like Cape jacket thing uh that's tied with a a sash and has a little golden button on it. Uh, it is the rose from Utena. You have yep. to knock that off the other person in order to defeat them. There's a great sound effect when they snap off. You know uh-huh. what I mean? This like metal snapping, like bending noise, resonating noise. Uh, so yes, uh, Hikari just like turns around and chops it off of her. And then Karen falls like a thousand feet into water. <laughs> Which again is like, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, love the, I love the unreality of the reviews. Yes. Which is yeah. like, obvious i guess to say um but in the way that the dueling arena is an unreal space in utena mm-hmm. uh and that things happen in ways that are like weird yeah the the physics mostly applying but like mostly applying to in terms of like how their swords work and like mm-hmm. how bodies move but then everything else in in the like underground uh like dueling slash theater uh uh-huh. arena is is uh the stage just modifies to whatever is most dramatic or like appropriate at that time the way that everything is literalized as stage equipment yes in like nothing is like magically moving around there's an engine and chain and rope yeah. you know what i mean moving things and like this machine cannot exist this doesn't no. make any sense but also you can see the physicality of it. Like, yeah, the, the yeah. ground isn't just moving. Like, these are, like, platforms raising and lowering uh-huh. as part of this great machine. You know what I mean? It's really good. Yeah. Um. Right. So, 
unable to let go of Hikari, uh, Karen begins to slowly translate the original book, The Starlight Gatherer, until she gets to the very end and realizes the ending is different. It doesn't just, or it has an extended ending where it turns out that the girl who fell is imprisoned in the tower forever for the sin of trying to uh, steal a star. You know what I mean? And that's when she's uh, like... Is it the girl who fell or the girl who stayed? I think it's the girl who stayed. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Because uh, Karen, Karen fell. fell and yes. And Hikari stayed. And so she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> she's still there. And that's when uh-huh. she does the thing. She breaks in. You know what I mean? And everyone gives their spiritual support to her going to recapture her girlfriend. Well, I, it's my... It's Mahiru who says, "Like, uh, listen, if if Karen or if Hikari is a sinner for tr- reaching for the top, then all stage girls yes. are. Like, we all are because we all participate in this competition, which we maybe didn't totally understand. That was literally going to suck the life out of all of our friends, but we all did it. Yeah, you know what I mean. We all tried it. Yeah. Uh, there's this incredible shot." like of the like little weird like starlight tower like stage decoration thing with uh hikari's phone standing on the po- like <gasps> sitting on the position zero spot with like plugged into an outlet that doesn't make any sense right <laughs> next to it just getting karen's text messages yeah. as she gets closer it's it's yeah it is like karen arrives and then the phone gets service <laughs> yes great stuff great stuff so she finds karen inside this tower it's a great bit it's like a it is like a uh a model and then she like looks at her phone and then she looks back and there's a door and it looks like a mausoleum (laughs) you know what i mean it's really good and she finds uh hikari like re like doing this like uh simple like play over and over again she builds a tower and it is knocked over and she builds a tower and it is knocked over she's sisyphus yes 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 well, and yeah, builds a tower of stars. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, and, yeah, that she digs out of the dirt yeah. to try and reach the big stars. Yeah. And then one of the big stars just swoops down and knocks her over God, on this huge chain. It's what, so what fun. What an incredible episode of television. The, yeah. The uh-huh. giraffe is just standing in a little oasis, mm-hmm. uh, just watching this yeah. happen. Like Again, is like, yeah, the audience just watches. Or, yeah, there there are audiences who will watch the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. watching for those small differences like mm-hmm. ooh, maybe it'll go differently this time and it does because karen shows up yeah. and insists that they can just have a happy ending uh-huh. uh-huh this is like the ending of the show is uh what if we just re- there's been this reoccurring thing where someone pointed out to karen like hey you know that the play that your relationship with this girl is founded on is a tragic tale of parting right and her answer to this is, what if we just changed the ending and had a great happy ending instead? Uh-huh. And this becomes the play that they put on that year. They put on a happy ending version of the play instead. Yeah, you know what I mean? The, Which uh... is like... Oh, should I let you go first? Or... No, Sorry. no, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, One of the like penultimate shots is like Karen and Hikari like, reaching for the star, but then they like turn away and reach for each other's hand, and that's basically the symbol mm-hmm. of their relationship. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I do think the giraffe being like, oh my god, I never saw this coming. I was like, you never saw the protagonist rejecting the sad ending and choosing a happy ending instead coming? Man, you don't have a lot of media literacy, do you? <laughs> I, I will give the show a little, or... 
yeah, a little bit more leeway there mm-hmm. of like, I I get what it's going for, yes. which is, oh yeah, every time you see a production of a play, mm-hmm. it is different because it's different people doing it or it's a different night mm-hmm. or like there are differences. And so, and this draft has seen the, this, <laughs> this play put on literally thousands of times. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, the very idea that someone would like take a, you know, uh, effectively a Shakespeare play or something like it uh, and mm-hmm. just change the ending is like, yeah, of yeah. course that would be surprising. Yeah. Like yeah. delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's fun. I'm not like, bl- I'm not blown away by the end of the series. I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. this is like cool. I think aesthetically really cool. It's like the the way that the the Tokyo Tower is another like symbol of their relationship. Yeah. The way that it just kind of like plows in through the wall and like yeah, they're like <laughs> they're like a bridge sep- between them. Uh, they like get separated. The platforms like split up and move away. And then Hikari's like drops because she is lost, or uh, Karen's drops because she's lost. But it just starts like rising up again like a layer cake, and then the Tokyo Tower just slams through like a rocket ship, creating a bridge for her to get to her girl. Great stuff. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. I think the TV series kind of works mostly as, like, a critique of stardom as it exists and sort of is understood by the world at large. And it goes goes pretty hard in on that critique, and I, I think it does a, like, I think it does a good job with it. Um, this is the, I, uh, if I had to critique the critique, it, it, the solutions it presents are not systemic, right? Like, yeah. no, no, it, is very it exists much... in, like, broad metaphorical narrative space. Yeah. 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 At least we can be nice to each other, is yeah. basically. Yeah. This is very, like, this is very anime, right? Is like, well, we can't really change what's actually happening, but you can love thy neighbor. You know what I mean? kind of it basically in a way it almost like does away with the concept of the top star critique to do Mm -hmm. different things that are uh, it kind of in a way doing away with it lets it give the characters more interiority which i think is Mm -hmm. interesting it's more about like finding an individual path that works for you Mm -hmm. finding a way to like engage with it healthily yeah, the movie yeah. is almost like a... I, I don't even mean this in a bad way. I love this movie. But it is a like very sort of like normal, oh, you're graduating from school. What do yeah. you do next in life story? But it gives the characters... It does that story so well. It's such a great like like way of following up on every pair. You know what I mean? Yeah. It like, puts a great... I, was, I like watched the end of the show and I was like, well, what can they do now? And uh, then I watch the movie and I'm like, ah, whoa, <laughs> hell yeah. 
that yeah that is the the yeah they have to dispense with the question of the show or because they already they already answered that the way that they were going to answer that right so what they're doing is well and then what like Uh. hikari and karen have been reaching for this perform like performing together on a stage forever since Mm -hmm. they were tiny they did it what now yeah these you know are, what i mean these are not my words uh i i was watching this with my partner and these were his words i'm saying this and nobody blasts me if they disagree uh but uh he kind of compared the relationship between review starlight tv and like review starlight the movie as kind of a like inverse end of evangelion evangelion tv where like the tv mm. series is the one that asks kind of the broad thematic questions and then the movie is the one that like really hones in on the character psychology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting interesting uh movie slaps <laughs> what a beautiful movie it's like the show by the very end gets really into a uh like Uten of the movie space of visual like mm-hmm. stuff, right? It's like really over the top with what's happening. I think, well, I you would say I mean? the show throughout is like visually interesting. Yes. Uh, but that does not mean that it is like the movie then just blasts that out of the water with like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so inventive and like yeah. cool. Well, yes, this, this is what I'm saying. Like the last episode of the show yeah. starts to head into this direction where it's like, oh, like, like the Utena movie, oh, anything can happen. Yes. Like, it's yeah. not just these few visual signifiers that, that like, reoccur. It's like, oh, just the whole, like, system can fall apart. Like, every building can just, like, be moving in the background. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, yes, the movie takes that and, like, really runs with it. From There's, like, a few minutes at the beginning of grounded school stuff, and then it devolves into, like, uh, this, like, chaotic performance that takes the rest of the movie. Yeah. The, so... Yeah. I guess the movie is. Oh, sorry. You go ahead, Catherine. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. I guess to talk about the movie, maybe it'd just be best to be like, how does the movie follow up on this character? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should talk about the pairs again because this is this is interesting because the movie has a story Mm -hmm. as 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 Catherine you said it is about like graduating and what do you do next? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we get everyone's like goals and they are often not the goals that we were expecting for them or yeah. that they were expecting during the show. Right. Um, but also the movie is fascinating because like the core story that it wants to tell is about Karen and Hikari. Yes. And then it just like cuts to 10, 15 minutes of this pair of characters. Yes. And then it goes back <laughs> and then it cuts to a different pair of characters. And like, yes. it is, it is uh, often uh, Hikari like passing through other people's stories, but not, not always you know what i mean yeah at least that happens like once or twice yeah Uh, usually it's just people unconnected the reviews doing their own reviews specifically are like no we're just gonna like we're just gonna stick this one in here and like uh no real lead in or lead out basically it's (laughs) like oh it's these girls turn you know yes but but yeah the, the framing device of like oh there's this famous like japanese theater company we're doing a field trip to them uh Kauruko is like pouting and complaining because she's mad that Futaba's like planning on going to like applying for this theater company not returning to Kyoto with her the the cut forwards we get um because we get 
we get the interviews with the teacher first yes. before that yeah. right um and and so we get those interviews of like oh she's like oh okay here's what you're gonna do that's cool um, uh hikari has vanished again yeah. she re- withdrew um which is yeah and so has karen kind of mm. Kind well, of. Karen hasn't withdrawn, Karen, but her like Karen's well, just Karen like hasn't... God. You all know what to do with your lives. What do I do? Yes, yeah. her like her like. What do you want to do with your future? Sheet is just blank. You know what I mean? Well, and and uh, like we get these bits with all of the rest of the characters, uh, of which Karen and Hikari are the only two who are notably absent. Yeah, like the interviews we get. I think Karen talking to the teacher, but she's not on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, which is great. Um, and the the field trip, Karen isn't in the same car as the rest of them, mm-hmm. and so like doesn't participate in what happens during the field trip, mm-hmm. uh, or you, does kind of, but she's like shoved off on her own. Yeah, uh, she's getting ready for the performance now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Uh, but right. The thing I wanted to say about the flash forwards, it's so fun that like. We get, oh, you want to go to this theater company as well. And now we see, like, we see Futaba uh, helping someone train with a, with a wooden sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, I don't remember what the other one is. Or we see uh, Kaoruko teaching a class mm-hmm. uh, and being grumpy about someone <laughs> not mm-hmm. doing it well enough. Um, uh, there are a couple of other, like, yeah. we, we see them where they will be in, like, mm-hmm. two or three years, which is fun. Right. So wait, wait. Th- those are uh, Ben. I think we might have slightly interpreted the movie differently. Uh, those aren't flash forwards. They're like welcoming the new students of the school because like Karen's being a oh, tour yeah. guide and like Carico's oh, like showing right. them okay. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's like a little like oh okay. I guess I just missed that. No, no, I, they're the, not. They're not the flash forward. They're the they're a, the hundred first class. Okay. Yeah, they're the they're, they're the new year, right? Okay. okay, I'm a Goomba. Yes, but um, sorry, no, it's okay. I've just lost my my mental place. Okay, so yes, we see them being uh, senpais. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're going to go to this uh like performance put on this by this play company uh kauruko had like brought up the uh auditions and was like what if we do it again i've been waiting i want to be the top star i don't care about any of this other shit i just want to be the best you know what I mean? and everyone's like oh jesus christ didn't you learn your lesson the first time <laughs> i love kauruko <laughs> she's incredible uh-huh on their way on the subway to this uh performance uh karen karen's the one who gets the text first right i think so what is the what is the line it's like uh the the train will continue to the next station what about the stage what about you Uh, what about the stage girl or what about the stage girl yeah what what, what about us what about the stage you know uh, oh here it is the the train will go to the next station without fail then what about the stage what about us Uh uh-huh the uh which is like, well, yeah. Uh, just real quick, in a, in an extremely Utena move, this is or I like. I'm sure other stuff does this as well, but I associate it with Utena. Mm-hmm. Is the repetition of that phrase over and over yes. and over? People again. say it, it yeah. in like different yeah. intonations a bunch. We like see yeah. it on the screen a lot.
Right. So the train transforms into a like stage battle platform, basically. <laughs> and uh, Banana activates and ki kills everyone <laughs> while saying that it's not an audition. Uh -huh. And then like uh, there's like another train with lights uh, riding along them and it starts spraying them with fake blood. <laughs> God, yeah, it's really funny to watch Banana just, like, work them all again. Yeah, yeah, it is. But also, the the transformation sequence of the train mm -hmm. is, like, truly incredible as, uh, yeah. And then, like, uh, you know, Banana standing, like, three cars ahead of everyone else. It's, uh -huh. like, at position zero, just like, I'm the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> Get uh -huh. through me. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Love banana. Right? She's, she's so incredible. she's so vicious and feral in the movie. It's yes. wonderful. Uh -huh. Oh, it's so fun to well, watch her like just like work her way through the whole crowd of them, easily like no knocking all their swords aside. She reaches the other end, and another car pulls up with her second sword in it, and she's like, "Ah, oh, here it is!" And she just pulls it out of the door and then wrecks them. <laughs> it's very cool fight scenes. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and it is fun that neither Hikari nor Karen are here, right? Yeah. Like, yes. uh, I don't think that Karen, as she is in the movie, could beat Banana, because she's kind of lost and searching yeah. for meaning. The bit uh, where, um, what's the, what's Banana's pair's name? What's her last? Uh, Juna. Juna. Yeah, there's a great bit there where to set up their review later. Banana basically just walks past her and then her cape falls. Uh -huh. Like, she doesn't even Incredible. look at her. Incredible. <laughs> it's the fucking cinema. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the the moment... Who is it? Is it... It's Juna, is it Juna or is it Mahiru who starts bleeding first? Uh, I think we see uh, blood spurting out of uh, Juna's neck, yes. and she starts like panicking, and other people are also covered in blood. It's like, holy shit, did Banana just kill these people? And then, is it Maya or Claudine that says, It's, it's, just it's stage Maya. <laughs> and then it like, points over to the like blood sprayers spraying <laughs> at them. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. After, uh, after I, I think this does great to like further set up the kind of inhuman characterization of Maya but after mm -hmm. this bit basically all the girls who like lost the fight are like depressed and can barely do anything except for Maya she's just fine uh-huh yeah there's this great bit though of like um this is uh like being creatively dead you know what I mean there's this great bit of all the girls like looking at their own corpses like on the ground with like their boots filled with the fake blood you know what I mean and just like moving themselves around or like laying with their bodies you know Ooh. what I mean who is it that sees Karen though because someone at the very end, that, that's no that yeah that is at the very end well we'll get there because she dies in um when she faces off with Hikari. No, but I mean, in that in that sequence... Is Karen there? No. No, that's the thing is, oh. someone, I thought it was Karen, like, turns the head to the camera. And I thought it was Karen. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that was Karen. I Who else has orange hair? <laughs> I guess I remember. it was... I remember that shot. I thought it was Banana. Maybe it's Banana, and I just... The hair is too similar. Banana's got very distinctive hair, but the I hair know, color, I, I guess. Uh, Her hair is bananas. <laughs> yeah, I must have just yeah. 
Um, but yes, that's a, that's a very there's some great, just like really great like shot composition and and uh, like like uh like spatial design going on here. You know what I mean? Yes, Every, it's all very cool looking. It's like really hard to get across how without like, seeing it yourself. It yeah. So we get a bunch of pairs of girls again, mm-hmm. each doing their own like review st- face off as Hikari um reluctantly returns. Uh, to the review and attempt to reconnect with uh with Karen because she realizes that running away uh again was fucked up. She's been running away from her the whole time because her feelings for her are too strong and it scares her basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's uh, the first pair? Is it Kodoko uh, and No, for, um, uh, first up is Mahiru and Karen, I think. Uh, Mahiru and uh Hikari, I think. Is that first? No, they're well, let me let me, let me, let me work. Let me work. So I thought that was second. Because I remember being like, like blown away by the Kawaruko, uh Futaba one, and then like I was like, "Whoa, this is just keep continuing with other girls." Okay, one second. Ravi Starlight movie. Uh, because th- there's a playlist of the songs that has them in order. Uh, yes, My Hero is first. My Hero's first. I watched this like just a little bit ago. Yeah, I um, I also watched this two nights ago. So I watched it this morning. <laughs> Um, okay. So, let's talk about Mahiro first? Yeah. She is also ben. a single person, not a pair. You know, she's paired with Hikari, but, like... Wait. What are you up to, Fan? I'm, Fen's like, scrubbing through look. the movie. I'm 90% sure that it's... It's, uh, Futaba... What's her name? And um, then... And okay. then it's... Yeah, and then it's, uh, Hikari... Okay. Mahiru. Oh, hi, you're so right. The, the playlist has them, the playlist of the songs that has the rest of them in order has them flipped for some reason. That's really funny. Okay, yeah, that felt really wrong to me, but I was willing to be wrong. Yeah, it's well, just, yeah, I've, yeah. I've put on this playlist of songs so many times that... <laughs> <laughs> that you've internalized oh, God, the, yeah. the... Uh, scrubbing through, and again, like I, I love that all of the reviews have names. Yes, it's great. Yeah. Uh, Re- review of resentment is the Kaoruko and uh, Futaba one. Yes. Uh, review of what? Annihilation? 
that yeah, review is... of Annihilation is banana killing yeah. one. <laughs> Which is really just incredible. Uh Yeah. Some great shots of like blood on fingers. Uh-huh. Anyway. Tomato juice. Tomato juice. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Those are some bloody fucking tomatoes. Yep. Searching for the where is the scene where they all see their dead bodies. You're trying to see who who is yeah. turning their face. Yeah. Um, but I cannot find that to save my life. It's a short. It's not that long a scene, but it's really visually striking. Oh, it's, it's the so thing. gorgeous. Okay. So we've gotten Quarko's and Futaba's like deal, right? This is the most like follow this is very follow-up to what they were in the show right uh futaba is miserable because or uh kawaruko kawaruko is like miserable because futaba isn't following in her footsteps anymore and uh futaba is bitter that this is expected of her this is the they both kind of resent each other at this point yeah there's also kind of the like extra context of like uh, um Butaba is going to apply for, like, the hardest to get in theater troupe ever or whatever. And Karako's like... In Japan. Not, yeah. And Karako's like, you're not even going to fucking make it and why are you even trying? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we get this, like, <laughs> incredible, like, Yakuza gambling, like, oh, sexy God. nightlife uh, se- series of sequences with them. Uh-huh. Like, um... With uh, it starts with Futaba as like a, a dice roller, uh, getting into a fight with Claudine as like a shitty yakuza gambler. You know what I mean? <laughs> for stealing her girl and t- encouraging her to shoot for the top. You know, uh, she calls her a candy box, <laughs> and then like it cuts to this incredible like, uh, like high class underground like date scene at a restaurant between Futaba and uh, who is in a suit. And uh, Kwaroko, who is like dressed up in like this fancy outfit, it's and they're like airing all their grievances to at each other. It's so fun that uh, one of the girls in each pair, well, except for one case, one of the girls becomes a butch, and then there's one case where they both become butches. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so they they like performatively do this like airing of grievances uh thing there's this great bit of like uh where kawaruko is like moving around the screen uh like teleporting from place to place that's really fun and then they uh change into their review costumes and fight each other Mm -hmm. uh futapa wins yes okay is that is that right uh yes futapa wins which contrasts the series where kawaruko wins uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and uh, they come to this, like, conclusion of uh, we are kind of stuck together in the broader sense, but it is okay for us to split here and, like, come together later. Yeah, and, uh, it's Futaba basically gives like, Kariko, wait for me. Like, just wait yeah. a few years and, like, try to become a little more independent, but also I will yeah. come back to you. We, this is the great thing is that Futaba's like gives her the keys to her motorcycle and is like take care of my motorcycle slash also you have to like drive yourself places now and Kauruko is like I am not going to wait for you even with this while the lyrics are her singing I will wait for you no matter what <laughs> incredible it's also yeah I also uh, again like this is a very uh, visually lush movie um, 
uh, in both, oh, this is just a joy to look at, yeah. and in, oh, the keys that she's giving, uh, that Futaba is giving Kaoruko have the position zero like uh, the, like the key, key, key of tape uh, like decorative thing yeah. on it. Uh, also, uh, at this point, Futaba is like straddling Kuroko, sta- like standing over her. <laughs> Not standing, sorry. She's like on her knees on yeah. top. Uh-huh. Which is a move that lots of girls do in this movie. <laughs> they say the most romantic fucking shit to each other like it's nothing. Yes. Ravi Sarai has some of my, like, favorite dialogue in anime. It's so theatrical. It's so full of emotion. It's so layered. We we will get there, but the end of the movie is so good. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, theatrical dialogue. Yeah, it's great stuff. So, fight two, Hikari is trying to make her way to Karen, and she bumbles into a baseball arena. <laughs> um, Mahiro's, like, visual theming is, like, backcountry, like, uh, like, baseball, and also, like, cute little weird cats, and, like, those, like, cute little cartoon kids crossing the road, be careful, like, signs that mm-hmm. you see, like, around, you know what I mean? Like, here in America, mostly what I see is like big weird turtles, like green yeah. figures, but they're like mm-hmm. cute anime characters mm-hmm. in the uh, in a few things I've seen. Uh, a few anime things I've seen. Um, and Mahiro is doing this thing again, where she's like, um, "How dare you run? How dare you like steal Karen from me and then also run away from her again?" How dare you keep abandoning her when all she cares about is you? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. She does this. She did this a little bit in the show where she gets like really fucking scary and intense. Uh, but she turn, like goes full horror movie mode in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a it's a great mix of I wanted Karen. How dare you take her from me? And 
and then uh, just to and like up her and well and then karen is someone who deserves better how dare you treat her like yes and lie about your intentions yeah because right? yeah. uh there's this thing where mikari said karen if i stay with you you're gonna get too spoiled like i spoil you you need to like grow up and be yourself as if she was futaba to kaoruko mm-hmm. but really her true feelings is that she's afraid mm-hmm. of karen yep. and like the light that karen brings into her life yep. you know what i mean so there's so she gets like chased around trying to flee from the fight the whole time which is really cool really great stuff until she's finally cornered and pushed off of a like railing by mahiro she lands in a big cat pillow and starts crying and like admitting how she actually feels about running away from karen Wait, real quick, Ben. There's a there's an incredible shot before that where uh, one of the like, uh, like, uh, not cardboard plywood bears shows up mm-hmm. just to have. Uh, it's her. It's her bag. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, just to have Mahiru uh, cleave off its head with yeah. her face. It like tries to protect her yeah. and get between Mahiru and her, and yeah, yeah. Mahiru just smashes it and starts coming towards her. Yeah. Uh, Great then, stuff. yeah. Yeah. Then is crying in the in the pillow, apologizing, and mm-hmm. uh, and Mahiro pops up and was like, "Oh, did, was my acting good enough? You know <laughs> what I mean?" She's like, "Oh my god, you, that was just you were just acting." And like, I like the little bit at the end where uh, Mahiro, as she's leaving, is like, "I'm actually not that good of an actor." It's like, ah, yeah, because a lot of that was real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's kind of. I think. Uh, I really like the kind of idea. This is trying to like convey i think where it's like okay even if you are like a pathetic girl who got ntr'd and you have a lot of resentment (laughs) about that what you can do is like put those negative feelings into your art and then hope that connects with someone in this case hikari and makes them you know realize something about these i have Okay, I have two things to say about that. One, please read My Girlfriend is Not Here Today. <laughs> and and two, more seriously, um, uh, I completely forgot it because I had to make that joke. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I completely forgot what the second thing I was going to say was. This reminds me of a scene that, well, this scene, a scene that happens earlier in the show and it comes up in an important way a few times, right? It's, um, I think it's, uh, what's, uh, Glasses Girl's name again? I cannot remember her name. Glasses Girl? The, Juna? With the bow. Juna. Juna and, um, uh, Karen are like putting on a, like, pra- like practice, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing like a scene from the end of a play and, uh, it's like a farewell, you know what I mean? Like, what am yeah. I supposed to do if you leave? And uh, Karen is giving this speech, and she starts to get really, like, into it. And, like, her performance, like, stuns everyone in the room. And, like, t- tears start dripping down her face. And everyone just starts clapping, like, oh, my God, that was incredible. And it's like, oh, she wasn't acting. In that moment, she was talking about Ikari. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's also But also, she was in- acting. Yeah. Like, that is what acting is. Is, yes. is thinking of situate like or some part of it can be how how do i get into the headspace of this character yes the thing i guess that for that scene because of where karen is at it feels uh other people are doing that right are channeling their like uh feelings into their pain into things and karen it seems like she's drifting in and out of reality in that moment you know what i mean she's doing it the unhealthy way 
where it's like, wow, everyone is moved by her performance, but really she's just putting herself on the stage because she has nothing else to yeah. do. You know what I mean? And like, like Mahir is doing the better version of that, which is channeling her pain into uh, art. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. That was Mahiru. Yeah. Yeah, that was Mahiru and Yeah, Mahiru. now now we're on Jonah uh, The the end of real quick, the end of theirs being uh Hikari running through a like right. ribbon. I forgot to uh, even mention the bit where like it just like cuts from them fighting to shots of them competing in sport. different like ath- like Olympic athletic uh-huh. events uh, together is so fun. Well, and right, and uh Mahiru cuts off uh, Hikari's cape, mm-hmm. and then hangs a a gold medal, which yes, is a with the, with the button on, yeah, it. yeah, the button on it around her neck, as like a no, you're, like, yeah, your time on the stage as uh, as an actress is not over. Keep mm-hmm. going, yeah, yeah, go, go. The rules like, of this space have broken down significantly. Yeah. There's lots of ways in which people uh like cut the button off the other person, but it doesn't matter. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's very fun. So next pairing well, or is... to to Catherine's like uh point it is no longer about becoming the yes. pop star yeah. it is uh th- there are various successes and failures you'll have and you you move on from them yes. is uh banana and uh juna juna uh-huh. it's so funny that you'll never remember yeah. her name i will never remember her name uh i love a girl with glasses uh nothing else about her was that interesting to me that's fair how did she get to be student council president i guess just no one else Probably. cares about her. I mean, look at her she has glasses yeah, she has glasses, <laughs> and she quotes Shakespeare and stuff yeah. like that. Of course, she's the student council. It is. She's like a student council president ass like nerd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is weird that she's not on the like script writing team. <laughs> like mm. they need her. None of the none of the like support cast really gets time. Yeah. There, there, It is funny that the the two non uh non like main cast girls are also paired up. Yeah, yes. they don't uh, get a the, uh, the director yeah, and script writer. Yeah, they yeah. just get a scene where the script writer is like, "I'm not done yet. What the fuck do I do?" And the director's like, 
Uh-huh. Just, whatever you've got, just show it. Even if it's like incomplete or uh-huh. imperfect, just show it to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. This, but, but this is the thing, Ben. She can't write. She only can quote yeah. other people. Yes. Well, and then she breaks out of. Yeah. yeah finally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I do again like uh, visually. This one is fun. Uh, one because Nana is trapped yeah, in a cage. When I said she goes, yells, yeah, when I said she goes feral earlier. I meant it. Yeah, she's in. She's in her most like in like um. Okay, it opens oh, with her in it, like a fascist uh sorry, like, sol- like sorry, soldier's ben. uniform. It opens on a like production company credit, that, <laughs> like could be like a 1950s like film uh-huh. like opening. Uh, maybe like 60s. It is in color, yeah. but uh, yeah, incredible. And, and then uh, Juna is like wearing like a a white like uniform, like she you might in a prison, and mm-hmm. she's sitting with a knife in a bowl in front of her as she's like uh being set up to commit seppuku. And Banana's like got her katana to chop her head off if she fails. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so uh, Ben Ben was like, no, Nana, don't, I was, don't be fascist. And I was like. Ben, have you been paying attention to the themes of this show? <laughs> I said, don't wear a fascist costume. I okay. didn't say <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry, but um, but it is like yes. Uh, she is very intentionally a callback to Imperial Japan, uh-huh, like, uh-huh. kind of a a the the control that she wants to exert is uh-huh. not something that is- I think that she has katanas because it rhymes with banana, <laughs> personally. But <laughs> why not both? <laughs> Um, right, so Juna breaks out of this and ends up uh, trapping uh, Banana in a cage. Juna has a bow and arrow, so she gets away and, like, is she, like, trying to snipe Banana from the cage that she's trapped in. Uh-huh. Banana trounces her a couple of times, <laughs> a few times, uh, and, like, leaves her her short sword for Juna to commit suicide with again. <laughs> and is like... All you've ever been able to do is quote other people. There is no you. I thought at one point that you were beautiful, but I no longer do. I'm leaving. Uh huh. And uh, Juno refuses to leave it there. Continues fighting her even after she's defeated over and over again. And then finally manages to turn the tables and beat a banana. Mm-hmm. There's a great like shot rever- like like uh, reversal where when Futaba gets defeated, Banana's like, oh, she's crying. And like walks off, oh, and Juna then gets or Juna, yeah. And then at the very end, uh, Banana's crying, and Juna's like, oh, but she's it's crying. like a positive. <laughs> oh, she's crying. Whereas Nana's, a, she's crying is like a God. She's so pathetic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I do like that. Uh, the star is like kanji, the kanji for yeah. star. Yeah, because it's like, not even real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like a, a imitation of an imitation. Yeah. You know what I mean. Juna can only reach for other people's approximation of things, yes. which she overcomes in this moment. You know what I mean? She did a little bit in the show too, but this is like a continuation of that. Yeah, I think this is a fun one. It's uh, it is very funny when Nana gows <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> it's a great bit. Um, there's some good uh, good Nana content yeah, in there, but not uh, as relationship, yeah. but not, not my favorite of Juna yes. is basically, I want you to stay pathetic forever. You know, keep mm-hmm. being the Jenna that I knew. But also, so, is it, it's like half of that and half 
you are too pathetic to even succeed. So a little, little bit better. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the part that I'm more getting is like uh, you maybe had some potential, but you've just like in t- continually uh, proven that you're not willing to break out of your own shell, and the and thus uh, I couldn't care less about you. Yeah, which is. Juna, Which is then then you when, should not date uh, like you should not date Nana. Some of these pairings, it's like yeah, okay, you can go for it, go with God, you two. And this one, I'm like Nana's. I don't think you should go for that well, that's, one. That's like the, well, that's like the one where yeah. maybe not. Uh, I think that I it's, Nana gaslight gatekeep girl boss all in one girl, you know. Kaworko and Futaba is back to back with Nana and Juna. Mm-hmm. All of, or sorry, no, it's it's Mahiro Hikari is back to back with Nana and Juna. Mm-hmm. In between all of the rest of them, we're getting like flash. We get we're getting Karen's backstory. <laughs> yes, we're getting uh, um, which we can, we can talk about yeah, all together. But uh, so next is Maya and Claudine. Maya and Claudine. Claudine's uh, devil like Mephisto costume is so fucking good. Her like uh, her button being like the pocket watch chain, her like suit, she she has never looked better. Uh this the both the show and the movie have relied really heavily on Yuri so far. Mm-hmm. And uh this one is like what if we threw in some boys' love as well? Mephisto X Faust boys' love. Yeah, yeah. Th- 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 this one is basically what if we put some religion in this movie? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh this one also is like oh, it's such a treat for the yeah. eyes. Um Yeah. Just some really incredible shots. Really beautiful shit. Uh but, but also both of their outfits really good. Mm-hmm. Um 
but yeah, they they do this thing where uh, they like do the Mephisto Faust, like uh, Maya's Faust, like making a deal with the devil for uh, her soul in exchange for uh, a, like the most amazing performance or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And Faust, who is Claudine, comes to claim her soul, and uh, Maya's like bit is actually i don't have a soul because i'm a vessel of like god's love in this world and all i am is like a hollow vessel for performance you know what i mean which is like been her bit like all i am is a genius who is good at acting and i can be anything but not a real person Mm -hmm. claudine gets defeated by this vision of uh maya there's a great like uh empty frames passing over her face as she becomes different people bit you know what i mean Uh uh-huh well, and then with with room in between them, so like you see between the, every frame, you see her, yes. and then it's a different person, and then her, and then it's a different person. She beats uh, Claudine. Claudine's like coat comes off, and then she goes to do the position zero, slam her sword into the the, the like tape, and it like <laughs> a metal like uh, jaws clamp shut on the <laughs> on position zero, just not on the whole like floor, just on the tape, which is really <laughs> fantastic looking stopping her from doing it claudine is like oh no 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 and oh there's a great bit where she stabs herself and then like melts and then reappears first, in her costume first she says you didn't think that uh that like i only had one button or something and sticks out her tongue yeah so good. yeah and she's got like a button in her mouth and, and it says like yeah no matter how many times you kill me i will keep coming back yes uh and stabs herself and dissolves into uh uh-huh goop and then like reforms. yeah um, uh, yeah, and Claudine's bit is like, you are not, you are not a vessel of God's love. You're an yeah, asshole. like you are <laughs> a greedy, you person. are a greedy, you know, you are a greedy, selfish, like asshole. You are not empty at all, and I'm going to like mm-hmm. tempt you as the devil because we're putting some religion in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so Claudine is like, um. Part of the reason why I want to uh, be your rival is because it makes me better, but also I want to tear you down from this, like, pedestal you're putting yourself on. Because mm-hmm. I think it's, like, frustrating and annoying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. It is fun that, like, there's a version of Maya who is, like, all I am is acting. Without that, like, what am I? But instead, she's very proud of that. All I am is acting, you fuckers. <laughs> you are nothing before me. <laughs> very funny that she loses constantly to Banana, despite all of yes. that. <laughs> but yeah, this is some, like, gay yeah. shit. Like, well, before this movie, I was like, most of the fan art I've seen of Review Starlight on the margins have been, uh, like, these two, Claudine and Maya. And I'm like... Why of all the couples in this show is them? And I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah Claudine and Maya are so good in the movie. Uh huh. They they really are a. Uh, it's a, one of my favorite looking reviews. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and they really are like again the like the way it plays with lighting. Yeah. Uh, which is like throughout again like, uh, visually a joy for the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes, but especially this one, the way that like lights uh, uh, highlight and leave in darkness the mm-hmm. two characters, or like leave in silhouette. Yeah, um, the bit at the end where they're stabbing each other through frames of a pe- of portraits. Yes, or uh, who? Yeah, it's Claudine knocks Maya's button off yeah. finally, and and 
Claudine stabs Maya through the contract that they made. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- oh, yeah, this the, is a- the like signed in blood is the T yes. of the, the, the of position zero too. Um, uh, this is a real. These two make each other better by yes. being together yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that is like uh, Juno Nana is the opposite. And, uh, after Claudine beats her, Maya's like, "Who the fuck said this was a round of one? See you tomorrow." Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah, going it, to different places, right, right. but they're also uh, this, like eternal rivalry kind of thing. Going on. I think theirs is also the one that is like uh, they they fight on a stage with a bunch of roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the most Utena. There are like shots where they're clashing swords, where the background is just a blur, mm-hmm. um, and the way that they're they are laying on the ground holding hands over is like position oh, zero, yeah. over the position zero it's like oh this is Anthea and Utena in the double bed yeah in the like back third of that show um yeah it, it is a fun a like oh it is just a series of visual references to Utena mm-hmm. but well also doing its own thing like yeah. interspersed with uh, yeah, again, like, what a what a good-looking show. <laughs> her, like, sticking her tongue out with a button on it. <laughs> and the way that the stage transforms during this one mm-hmm. is really fun. Uh, again, like, yeah, the, the, there's a, a bit where, like, oh, there are suddenly a bunch of, like, hovering platforms. Yes, it's, it's like a platformer level all of a sudden, and they're, yeah. like, chasing each other along the... So, yeah, yeah, really flashy, like, fighting, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. And then, is it yeah. finally... Is it just the last two? Karen and Hikari? We get or the scene of uh, the... the giraffe setting himself on yeah. fire. Yes. Oh, right. One of the first moments that I was like, oh, wait, this movie is doing something like, like visually interesting up to that point. I think it's like half an hour in or something. Uh, the first time the giraffe... Second time. Second time the giraffe shows up. Because the first time is he's running through the desert. Like, I won't be there in time. I won't be there in time. I won't be there in time. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The performance can't start without me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the second time is like, we see the giraffe, and then he transforms into like almost. It almost looked like a photograph of a of a giraffe made out of vegetables. Uh-huh. Uh huh. and then it's like an explosion and like fire, and is like, oh wait, wait, <laughs> one sec. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Giraffe uh has said said to a bunch of other people like, oh, I am, I the audience am. Like the fuel that uh, that fuels your performance. Mm-hmm. That I am, I am, and then realizes, oh, I am. That means that I am here to light you on fire, or like light a fire in your heart. Yes. Uh, and so I will sacrifice myself to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the draft does not appear appear again after the scene of it jumping, yeah. like falling backwards off of the train platform well, on fire. Yeah, Hikari Hikari like arrives on a train platform and is like, where's Karen, dress like still getting ready. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna go, uh, and then we and then yeah, falls onto the tracks. The tracks light on fire, and the like fire shoots past Karen, like mm-hmm. walking through the desert. So, I love real quick. We can we can jump back in time, but I love that we don't actually get a review between Karen and Hikari. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's it's like yes, the the end of this movie is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a what an incredible. Take a turn. Okay. Uh, throughout the movie, we have been getting, uh, Karen and Hikari's backstory, which is to say, uh, when they first met, Karen was 
like a little introverted and very shy and didn't even say hi to Hikari. Hikari was already acting. They met when they were like five? Yeah. Five, yeah, I think. Or younger? Didn't four, they? Or five. They, four or five. It was five when they part when they made the promise and parted. Okay. Um uh Hikari's already acting. Uh and they like become friends. Um it gets Karen out of her shell a little. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, and then Hikari moves away, Karen, and they make the promise of, like, uh, Karen's like, oh, can I talk to you? And Hikari's like, the next time we meet, it's gonna be on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, which is then again, yeah, funny that they meet at the review, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, let's see, what happens to Karen? She becomes an actress um we see like a uh at least one play yeah 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 um she's her... butch in that yeah <laughs> um dashing young man and uh yeah we see right we see her like resisting the urge to look up hikari yeah this is like hikari was like i'm not gonna contact you and uh karen was like i'll write you letters and all this stuff you don't have to read them i'm just gonna write them to you but i won't even look you up uh-huh uh and then we get the reveal that actually she did she, she did google her <laughs> she's like uh, maybe that makes me bad but also i i made that rule up myself so maybe it doesn't matter you mm-hmm. know what i mean um yeah let's see uh throughout throughout the movie we've also seen karen like Karen was on a train car alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, she kind of gets off in the desert, mm-hmm. like walking towards Tokyo Tower um, in the distance. Uh, and and she has lost her way. Like mm-hmm. everyone else, even if they don't have the drive that Banana does, at least has some idea what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and Karen is just fully, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Without Hikari, like, what is my life? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, anything else? And then, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Hikari is waiting for her. Uh, it, yeah, is already waiting on the stage when Karen shows up.
Yeah, what happens, Ben? They stand off, and then uh, uh, Karen just dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tomato bursts behind her, and she's just kind of like, oh. like, Or doesn't she say something about you are my stage? Yeah. Yes, that's the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the, she has already achieved the goal that she was reaching for. She does not know what to do next. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she crumpled. Well, and, because and, well, well, achieved her goal. And and then uh, Hikari just ran away. Yeah. And she's like, well, if if I'm not like doing stuff for and with you, what am I supposed to do? There's this doubling thing of the time that they saw Starlight together, mm-hmm. kid, right? Because Karen doesn't care about acting until this moment, and uh, she's so like moved by the performance that she sees that she reaches over and takes Hikari's hand and is like, what we should do this together? Let's mm-hmm. be actresses together. And that's always been the thing is like, oh, she was inspired by how beautiful Hikari is and like blinded by her light and wants to like, that's the only thing moving her forward. You know what I mean? We get it also now that Hikari saw that performance was like, I can't do that. What I've been doing is nothing. I'll never be like that. I should just give up. And then Karen grabbing her hand is what caused her to be like i'm gonna go study abroad you know what i mean it's like the only reason she's been doing it is because karen inspired her and Uh she's been blinded by her light etc etc um right right yes there's a great uh on the in the the like stage performance of starlight that they saw when they were kids they are watching the current version of themselves acting as the two goddesses and uh hikari is the one laying down and karen is cradling her in her lap uh, and then we get, uh, uh, or right, right, no, yeah. And then we get in the current review, or in the in the like present, uh, Hikari cradling Karen, uh, which is great. Uh, one of my favorite moments of this is Karen like giving her whole monologue, and Hikari saying, "Yes, but are you the one saying that, or are those the lines that you were handed for this moment?" Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is that when she dies? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As like a yeah. Yeah. As a uh, yes. Like it is both. Right. Mm. It is what Karen feels, but the way that she says it is the lines that she was given. Yes. Uh, is this is what I should say at this review, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um. What happens next? Oh, she falls. Yeah. Um, and is remade. Uh huh. Uh huh. Or becomes becomes a like a giant metal T. Yes. That is the like position zero. <laughs> the position zero. Yeah. And like, there's like a fucking Mad Max Fury Road like train going through the desert into a like giant like uh sandstorm thunderstorm thing. Uh huh. <laughs> Incredible. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. And then and. It gets where it's going, and the tea opens, and there is Karen yes. inside, mm-hmm. and she gets out, and they don't fight, right? Well, they... Do they fight? They do fight a little bit, don't they? Yeah, sort of. 
I just saw yeah. this. I know. I feel so embarrassed. It's but... Well, it's kind of whatchamacallit. It's all, uh... There's a lot of stuff happening by the end. No, they I'm don't... Uh, they, do, they do not fight. Right, right. Doesn't... He already stabs. Stab. I was gonna say, yeah. Fighting is strong. She oh my god. Her, yes? I mean, hey, y'all remember Caligula Effect 2? <laughs> the romantic Marie yeah. stabbing? Yes. Uh... This is, yeah. It's, oh, right. Uh, there's this incredible... Their lips are, like, yeah. inches apart as Hikari and Karen stare into each other's eyes with Hikari's dagger buried in Karen's stomach. This is incredible, like, explosion out the front and back of the, like, stab's point of, like, these little, like, pla like plasticky-looking position zero things, like, flying all around, you uh -huh. know what I mean? Really, really beautiful shot. Yes, as yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. what a what a gorgeous movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then uh yeah, they're they're like I we will be together and we will keep reaching for the next stage. Yeah. You know what I uh -huh. mean? Like you when things end regardless of how they end, you just got to kind of like do the next thing now, yeah, you know. The, that's beautiful and all, even if it is also stressful. Yeah, uh the <laughs> film gets very like uh, the film gets very meta towards the end. Uh, Karen and Hikari look at the audience. <laughs> They're like talking. Yes, yes, and talking about Karen's like was the was the like audience always that close? And uh, Karen says that, and then Hikari's like, yeah. And she she talks about it a little bit, and she's like, I guess I was only ever looking at you. Yeah, uh -huh. it, um, the meta stuff. Yeah, it's like where the especially lights I think bright, kind of colors Karen's arc, where it like partially becomes like okay, you were defined by your role as the protagonist of Revue Starlight. Now that story's over, you gotta find a mm -hmm. new one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and the very last line is, or lines are Karen and Hikari dropping out of, uh, out of, like, quote-unquote character, mm -hmm. and like, oh, okay, we're done. Our lines are over, mm -hmm. the, the play is done, now we can just talk to each other as, like, humans, not as actors. Yeah. Uh... And then it, and then the credits. And yeah. it's oh, what an yes, incredible uh, ending! <laughs> there's a line from, there's a line with uh, Karen at the end, which gave me huge K and K four vibes, where she's like, "Right now, I feel like the emptiest person in the world." And and uh, uh -huh. then Hikari just responds with, "Well, then go find something to fill yourself up with." Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Which which again is like, oh, th this is uh, yeah, again, it's like the echo of. Uh, Karen's whole dying and then being reborn is like somewhere in there someone says like every time uh, that we step onto a stage we die and are remade mm -hmm. um, yeah so mm -hmm. yeah just have to find something new then we get the credits which are interspersed with a uh, the, the credit sequence in the show is uh, very cute cute different like uh, simplified drawings of the characters doing stuff. The song you know is what really I mean? good, though. Flying uh, to the stars. The song it's is good. Song. Yeah. And then this is like done in the same style for the movie, but it's like um, Hikari going on like a worldwide adventure, oh. visiting all of the different people from the show at the places that they ended up. Everyone went to the place that they said uh, they were going to. You know, no, no one changed their uh, mind. I think jo except no, Banana, also right? Changed her mind because. Original, we didn't really talk about this much in Joe's oh, section. Oh, right. But she like, went to... 
Jenna at the start of this movie is like, actually, I'm going to study literature for a while before I go back to acting. And that's part of why. Well, she did say she was going to study like the performing arts, but like the the like literary side. Yeah, of it, right? yeah. Uh, and uh, that that's. And we see her in New and, York. And, and yeah, it's like we see her at a performing arts school. So like she, Jenna changes yeah, yeah. her like trajectory a bit. Okay. I don't remember what Banana said she was well, going to do, whole but thing uh, we was, do see uh, her at the... And I think this is really fitting for a character like her. She's like, okay, I've accepted that I have a future now, but also, like, I want to act and I want to direct. I don't know which choice to make now that I have to make choices about the future. Yes, or... right. Uh-huh. And uh, we see she... There's, like, they talk about how, like, the London uh, performing arts, like, school is, like, the hardest to get to into school in the entire world, and she's just <laughs> gone there, which is very funny. Yeah. I, I believe in Di uh, And then, yes. Yes, I believe that she's going to be a really frustrating director to work with. <laughs> Insufferable. Uh, yes. She... Uh, she's the person who's, like, Minimum 60 takes we, for every scene. We, <laughs> she's, like, found, she's like, yeah. everyone talks about how incredible she is, but she's so fucking hard. To yeah. Work with. She's an Artur's Artur, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then Hikari goes to meet uh, Karen again. And the movie ends with a mm-hmm. very... very uh, but also Karen's like, hey, I have an audition right now. Do you mind popping my, like, a bit later? Which kind of shows that, like... Part of the movie is that Karen and Hikari are a bit too codependent, and they sort of, they don't separate, mm-hmm. separate, but they separate enough. Well, yeah, this uh-huh. is the thing is Karen's like, I'm doing my thing, and uh, Hikari has a moment of being like, well, get out of it, come see me, because <laughs> like, it's always been uh, Karen chasing Hikari, yeah. Yeah. and never the other way around, and finally she's being honest about her feelings a little bit. Uh-huh. Great movie. Yeah, great, great, yeah, great movie. That's fucking incredible movie. Uh, I think the yeah, I think the like thematically, uh, like writing wise, really solid. Mm -hmm. Uh, if it did not look incredible at basically every point, uh, I would not be nearly as high on it. Yes, this is true. Like, uh, I do, I do like it. I but I do think that a lot of it hits. Uh above its weight class because like uh it's just so like stunning yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, I definitely you know what I mean? it's it, it's really elevated by how like it's well directed the cinematography is great the storyboards are great it's mm-hmm. all perfect yeah yes it is yeah that is the thing for me is i guess like it's like a masterful use of unreality yeah to, like tell yeah, a story yeah in in again in a like uh not to bring up utena again but it's kind of un un uh unavoidable. unavoidable there we go um the the ways in which uh they make unreal spaces feel like weighty or like meaningful is just truly delightful it's so it's so fun that it is uh that it is like oh right none of all of these spaces that they like fight in are metaphorical mm-hmm. and yet they still feel uh or they feel very stage like right yes. that that um there's always a machine running it you know what yeah. i mean yeah it's really yeah it's a really good like aesthetic consistency you for know? sure for yeah. sure 
and it's and it's fun because it's always a machine running it when when that breaks down like when uh the when like the a tokyo tower comes out of nowhere like unguided by chains just slams through something it's like whoa you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean when the train blows up it's like whoa <laughs> yeah yeah great stuff i i highly recommend watching uh, this yeah same. i yeah it's got a lot more heart than you might assume uh from watching the very like first episode and being like oh god there's like a dozen girls in this and they're all like uh, in like aesthetic pairs like this seems like it could be kind of like uh not good it's good yeah i promise i think the the thing for me is like i liked the show yes. and i was like this is like a really good show i had a hard and time then, rating the show um notes. and then we watched the movie and i was like oh yeah you should watch the show so that you can watch the movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes yes it took for me, because uh, th- this was my second rodeo with Review Starlight, I initially uh-huh. had the sort of, like, first reaction of, oh, the show, yeah, that's good, but the movie, it's even better. And uh, this time, I mm-hmm. still prefer the movie, but I think revisiting the show with kind of a full perspective on what it's trying to do and, like, you know, all that stuff, yeah. it closed the gap, not completely, but, like, sizable amount. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I should say the show is enjoyable. Like yeah. it's not, oh, it's, a good show. it's not wade through the show so that you can watch the movie. It's like, and it is the thing of like, I turned to Ben last night when we finished the show, and I was like, I feel like I'm gonna revisit this at some point. Yeah, like get more out of it. On yeah, a second yeah. I, yeah, I, I had that. when you understand what yeah, it is. I that had it is. that experience this uh this time. You know, prepping for this episode. Like there was like. Okay, okay. This is like baggage that I brought to it. But when I first watched it, it reminded me of a like seasonal anime about voice actresses that we had like watched a couple of episodes of like a year or two ago, which was like you, yeah, Yui, and they like introduced like an enormous cast of like characters all like grouped up into these little like uh, like sets of characters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is miserable. This is like. This is like uh, early gotcha game, like we're going to sh- throw a bunch of paint at the wall and see what sticks kind of yeah. design, you know what I mean? And that's not what Review Starlight is doing I- in the slightest, but early on it's easy to like... It is what it is doing in the slightest, well, because yeah. it is like tied into... At the very beginning is how it feels, yeah. right? Yeah. It, or it can feel that way if you're like not going to be charitable to it, yeah. uh, which I wasn't in the mood to be. And I was like, oh, this could be fun, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also, if you're a big fan of Utena, it's easy to be like... Well, this is like Utena, but not as good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I guess the thing about Utena is if you are a less good Utena, you're still a fantastic piece yeah, of work. Yeah, like... Uh... Yeah. Unless you are a bad Utena, like G-Witch. Yeah. <laughs> I think... I... I Yeah. I think uh, the show manages to forge its own identity. Yes, absolutely. And then the movie... Takes that and yeah. runs with it. Is, yeah, I guess, for what I would sure, say. for sure. Movie's you so know, good. Being quote unquote less good, Utena. Utena is like maybe the the best television anime out there. Like I know, you know. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like if there's a that much of a gap in quality, it can be like uh, the kind of situation where you're like, oh, why are you reminding me of a thing that's so much better that you're not even in the same ball league while you're trying to get me to watch your show? It's just miserable. 
but often uh or like in this case it's like oh this kind of reminds me of Utena and that's yes, really fun the, <laughs> yeah this i think is I, w- I would say the relationship in... i have with bait stay night and Grandbaum, where it's like wow Grandbaum, you remind me of fate stay night a thing that you are much worse than but also you're still fun because you're pretty good <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would say liked Grand Bell I would say more that, than Fate Stay Night, but that's fine. <laughs> that there is, um, like, G Witch Episode One is like a is uh, almost parody Utena. I, I, that's not I, quite I, the right it's word, more but like, a, like it's almost a shot to shot homage at points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Review Starlight is in conversation with Utena, mm-hmm. but is not. Is not trying to like be Utena. shot for shot yeah. remake. Yeah, and which also gives uh, up the, on this after its first episode. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but the the uh, Claudine Maya, what's her name Maya. The Claudine Maya duel in the movie is like, oh yes, you are you are intentionally like uh-huh. evoking Utena shots. Yeah, yeah, in a way that mostly you don't. Uh-huh. Once in Future Guest, Marin la- started watching uh, Review last night and was like, uh, Karen's sword is just the sword of Dios. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it, yeah, it does, it does yeah, mostly it's very have its own identity. It is just like in conversation with one of the best <laughs> anime ever yeah. made. Okay. I, that was now a that's, conversation. Yeah, that, Utena. We have talked about so much good anime. <laughs> Uh, now. Uh, I need a My minute. one last, uh, Yuri T okay. time bit is that, uh, me and Fan are probably gonna watch Twin Peaks soon, which is, like, the least surprising American television that, uh, we could ever watch. Oh. You know what I mean? I've seen a good chunk of it, but I never got to the return, so we're gonna do that. Yeah. Probably not gonna talk about it too much here, because, like, Twin Peaks is one of those shows that has been talked to death and back. That, you know that what I mean? That makes sense. That makes sense. Let's set a timer. Mention our like season yeah. one, season two return yeah. thoughts. Well, we got to watch Firewalk with me too. Oh, then uh, yeah, but like brief. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of anime, the how long did that go? Uh, three hours. Yeah, recording is. Wait, 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 wait! We spent three hours on Yuri Tea Time. Yeah. Yeah, Ben. We don't have very much to say about the Dean anime. I mean, I have a bit, but not that much. Um. Uh, I knew that this is what was going to happen. Yeah, I didn't I, realize I, at all. I, I was like, okay, we're going to spend like three hours talking about Ravi Starlight, and then like maybe an hour and a half on Dean Night Tops. I was hoping twenty minutes. But... Um, oh right, we do have questions. Yeah, do we have multiple questions? Or just have... uh, Emrys also sent in one. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Lauren and Emrys, for sending in questions. Thank if you. you have questions, you can send them too. Crying rules actually at, at gmail.com. Crying rules actually at gmail.com. Crying rules actually at gmail.com. In case you didn't catch Ben and I talking at, roughly in sync. 
oh. crying rules actually at gmail.com um speaking of anime that cannot get out from under the shadow of something that is far better than them studio dean's fate stay night 2006 anime for a minute i was like uh like wow why did you like turn on review starlight so hard and i realized you were talking about g-witch yeah yeah <laughs> i i mean we were generally talking about the concept of like anime that are that are worse than the thing that they're referencing Uh, i don't want to do a recap of this whole fucking thing we are not doing we're not doing a recap of this um because it's the story it's the story of fate stay night the fate route but with an interlude about caster yes with an interlude about caster and also they do some of the rain stuff from early ubw to give early fate route more action some of the what stuff? Uh, Rin. Oh, like, Kishira doesn't. I didn't hear what you were yeah, Kishira doesn't start allied with Rin in this version like he does in the Fate Read. So they do. Yeah. They do the whole school right, fight. Right. So they do the fight. And yeah. then yeah. Ryder in the forest. And there's also way more Sakura in this than uh, there is in Fate or Illumin Blade Word. Air quotes Sakura because if this character can be described as Sakura is <laughs> somewhat debatable. There is there is someone named Sakura who's around <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah. I think I've said this before. I watched uh, most of this before starting the game. I we kept like watching another episode and I was like, surely I stopped by now. Surely I stopped by now. <laughs> you watched like up through the caster stuff. Wow. I watched up through episode fourteen or fifteen. Christ. Yeah. Um. um I have um. I had a sort of similar experience, except I watched, like, four episodes of this, heard that there was a visual novel version that was better, and was like, okay, if you say so, well, I guess I'm done watching this. Mm -hmm. I have never interacted with this television show before. Fresh eyes. You lived a blessed life. Yeah. that's over now. (laughs) Ben and I watched all of this in two nights. Uh, I think we watched... 13 and then 11 episodes that makes sense that is I, too much that's anime too, i spaced it out a little more uh i um i was watching it with my partner and we did like three episodes a day for a battle this week. is a, the, how you watched this is a real like do you want someone to just like cut off your arm or just like stab you every day <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Here's my opinion about the Fate Stay Night anime. I don't think it's like notably bad. I just think it's like a boring, poorly directed anime. I well, think it is these things that feed into each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that it's a it is uh, slavishly devoted to recreating exact shots from the uh, visual novel without really understanding them. With a worse art style. With a worse art style. It doesn't look particularly good. And, like, uh, often, most of the time, what it is doing is, like, telling the same story as Fate Stay Night without any of the heart. Yeah, uh, and... So, uh, I mostly think it's boring more than anything else. Brackets, sometimes... This, uh, while they are sort of slavishly dedicated, the the way the filler arc, the filler arcs, because there's one at the start that's more ring focused. The way the filler arcs mix in, 
often screw up their fate route adapting <laughs> in ways yes. that are bad. Um, easy example. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no scene where Saber actually tells Shiro what her wish is because all that mm-hmm. because they are doing their caster arc in that place, and then as soon as they mm-hmm. do that arc, Shiro's like. So your wish is to do the redo the selection of the king, and I'm like, bro, how do you know that? They they caught that part. Who like does a monologue about who Medea is? Was that Ilya? Ilya just is like, yeah, uh, yeah, Caster, uh, it's Medea actually, and like this is her motivation, and here's everything she's doing, and this is what's up with Kojiro, and uh, she killed her master actually, and like yeah. Ilya just starts rattling all that off, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, so <laughs> it's- do we- so funny. Okay. Um, Here's my other thought about this. Yeah. Uh, this is funny to talk about. I was I turned to Fen while watching Review Starlight the movie, like uh, or was this last night actually? And I said uh, that they're really funny to watch together because Fate Stay Night 2006, the Studio Dean anime, was such a numbing experience to watch that it was making me forget that animation was capable of causing human emotion. <laughs> Oh, fuck I was yeah. like, wait, maybe I was I was like seeing things that made me feel things in the fate route and like it was just bouncing off me completely. And I was guess I was like, has animation ever done anything? <laughs> is it possible start, for it to like cause like feelings? Movie, and you're like, wait, it is. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, because I was like, this stuff should be hitting. Why isn't or it shouldn't even if not hitting hitting, it should be, at least be like moving the needle. Why is none of yeah. those? And it's just. It's just so flatly done. There is precisely one moment in in this show that like at all landed with me and it was purely because I was it was nothing to do with the show. It was like you could have said a series of words to me and they would have uh-huh. landed. Yes. It's like uh sometimes I will be like yeah, damn, it was the the like uh scene where Saber dies was really yeah, great. That, uh-huh. that, that, they landed that one uh i thought they did the bridge argument you know after the date that they did that bit pretty good it's probably the only thing in that show i'd say they did pretty good uh Uh um i would i I disagree ben with your supposition that this is merely a boring show it's not even bad in like an interesting way i guess is what i'm getting at sure i just think it is it is uh bad to look at Uh uh-huh the directing is awful <laughs> yeah uh on, there is no breathing room between any shots no, at all and there's everyone, nothing has any way everyone is talking so fast like they are rushing to get through their big <laughs> script but also no. even though they do that there's a lot of interesting and important dialogue that still gets cut so uh and well and and read the voices is like the voice direction for the game is better. <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh, totally. uh, the, the 2006 anime is the first rodeo this cast has with these mm-hmm. characters. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. can really tell. Uh, yeah. I, I could kind well, of assume I think... Saber sounds like it should be playing Hisui. It does not sound like Saber to me. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's it's the thing of, like, I I believe that at least part of it is uh they've had experience by the time they record the game line yeah uh i think it is also just that like every piece of this feels rushed yes yeah so 
there uh i'm not gonna get into the whole deal but there's the production history for this anime is really weird so originally the plan for the plan was nasi was going to tell an original story with two new characters um shielder and her master who is an evil guy not gonna get down that deal because it's too Uh long and it's not too relevant we'll talk about we will talk about this character someday when we get to like complete material yeah but i know a little bit about this yeah but um what i do want to talk about is the stuff that has its vest like vestiges made into the show because the goal according to nasu was to make a simplified version of the fate route that would include little things from other routes to and without loose ends to make it feel complete for an Mm -hmm. anime uh audience and then so they make that they make parts of that version and then Mm -hmm. they drop it and then the very first trailer for this show uh has a lot has a, has some footage none of it makes it into the show uh there's footage of saber and archer fighting berserker in the graveyard so maybe they were uh-huh. gonna put more ubw in there at one point and decided not to uh i think you can see residues of this because the second opening has Shiro fighting archer does not happen in the mm-hmm. show yeah. So uh-huh. my assumption is the vision for what this show was supposed to be changed at least twice. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So the um... simplified fate route thing, because I, I want to talk about that more than the new characters, because that is relevant to what the show tries to go for. Um. Mm-hmm. The big differences between Nasi's draft is that Nasi's draft has more Medea throughout. She's not mm-hmm. just like sectioned out into uh like two episodes. She's kind of Hey now. We see random shots of her <laughs> pondering an orb. <laughs> yes. yes. But it still has a lot of the stuff in this show that I don't think is particularly good, but I see how you get there if you're like, I wanna tell a simplified version of fate's day night where like Uh it does have caster trying to use sakura to open the grill which i don't think is a good plot point but yeah so no oh my god is like sakura's outfit oh don't you don't even know where to start i uh there's um nasi's draft has some more changes that don't even have vestiges in the show like uh Mm -hmm. Nasu's draft to make the Macho plotline simplified for an anime audience. Uh, basically, the background he had in mind was that like Zoken dies before the show, and like Shinji mm. and Sakura live lives as relatively ordinary people, and then Kotamine is the one who gives Shinji Rider's Catalyst and tempts him into the Grail War. So like, huh. you can kind of see like the Nasu had a version of this that is smarter and, like, it's not necessarily good, but considering the attempt mm-hmm. is to tell simple Fate Stay Night, there mm-hmm. is a version of that that maybe yeah. succeeds at that goal. The anime mm-hmm. as it exists does not succeed at that goal, 
even though it will sometimes decide for stretches of two to three episodes that it wants to try. But then it'll well, say, nah. And I would say, uh, yeah, the anime is like weird. Mm-hmm. The, the parts that it cuts is weird because it's like Kotomine shows up in episode one. And then, like, suddenly shows up towards the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they, put, like, they have Shiro visit him in the church the first time. That's just how... That's kind of just how Kotomine's character is structured in the Fate Route. Like, unless you... Is it? I f- yeah, because yeah, okay. uh, Shiro... I feel like he's more present, but... N- no, in the Fate Route, it's literally... Shiro visits him, like, on the night the Grill War starts, and then he visits him towards the end of the story to tell him about Saber's wish and ask him about Gilgamesh, mm-hmm. and that's how he's reintroduced. It yeah, okay. feels weird. But the thing is that he's not going to get more development in the second route for yeah. this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's like a tasting menu of Kotamine leading into the more Kotamine. Yeah, like, that's the thing, right? It's like, even when they uh, choose to work in other bits, they're very selective. Like, Casper and Kuzuki, you can kind of get the very broad idea of their characters it's not done particularly well but it's there sort of the moment the moment they just like take a right and go underground to like the this fake like, grail cave. party city like <laughs> knockoff of the underground city from uh full metal alchemist <laughs> oh i also you know thought I mean? of that i also thought I was of like, that thank I you i was like wait wait Brotherhood came out, or not Brotherhood, uh, 2000. the 2003 anime, and I was like, yes, that absolutely <laughs> works. They 100% were thinking about that. Oh, they did. Wow, oh, talk about ripping a... off a thing and doing it worse. And then, and then, the f- uh, fact that they go down into the stupid fucking cave so that they can go up more stairs to fight <laughs> Kojiro is, is so, so stupid. stupid. Okay, should we, like... We're not gonna summarize the whole show. Should we summarize this arc, like, broadly? I don't even think that we like. Yeah, like Caster just it. kind of intrudes and possesses Sakura, uh, Who and then, then uh, dresses her up in a bondage Sa- costume. She then rule breaker Saber, but because we don't want to do too much UBW, all that does is seal Saber's noble phantasm for a bit. Yeah, because Sakura doesn't have enough magical energy or something, but she does have enough to become the Grail, which they've done and away entirely do, with the concept uh... of um. Uh, Sakura and Ilya being grails. It's just like any mage can be the grail. Yeah, it's weird. And then they do a yeah. very poor, I would like, I would say it's insulting a vague approximation of the Reina Sakura plotline, but none of it hits. Yeah. Because Sakura is yeah. not a character when she is being Sakura possessed by Sakura just stands there with hollow eyes, panting sexily while wearing a bondage costume and, like, <laughs> shooting beams. Yes, and, like, Sakura, yep. they try to give Sakura a slightly bigger role, but, like, they don't go into her interiority at all. Like, we don't really get a sense <laughs> of her feelings of jealousy or, like, Zoken is in the show for one shot. I don't know why, yeah. but he's there, but, it, like, they don't explain it. It's weird it. to see him in a car. Yeah, so Zoken's in a car. Like, that's the thing, right? They wanted to, like, clearly, I see their decisions in abstract. I'm like, yeah, okay, you want to give Castor and Kuzuki more screen time so the Servant roster is fleshed out. You want to give Sakura something to do, mm-hmm. and you want to give Rin a little more spice in her characterization than you'll get from doing straight bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... The actual show just still does not work as a newcomer's simplified version of fate, because you will be asking 
so many questions if you haven't read the visual novel, none of which will get well, answered. And the thing for me is that the just like dropping in Caster, this like Caster interlude where she kidnaps Sakura and tries to use Sakura to summon the Grail and and yeah, uh, all of that is just like it feel. And maybe this is partially that I know how the fate route goes, but it feels like uh, we are putting the main plot on pause. And just doing this for a while, and then we're gonna get back to the main plot. It's a weird interlude, yeah. Uh, yeah, because they they like they kind of like again in they they refuse to say, okay, these events happened. Mm-hmm. They do a kind of reset after, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, after this, that is like, okay, now let's get back, back to, to the, the fate, yeah. like uh, status quo at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like. Let's uh, comparing this to the other anime adaptation we've seen of Type Moon stuff, Tsukihime, right? Mm-hmm. Like me and Fen, we kind of liked the Tsukihime anime because I-, I think if you were watching that instead of playing the game, it would be incomprehensible. Yeah. But when you played the game, it's surprisingly watchable and kind of fun, yeah. and only twelve episodes. Yeah. Importantly, <laughs> this, is- this, if you watched this, if you watched uh, the Tsukihime anime without playing Tsukihime, you'd be confused. With this. I don't understand. I don't know what on earth you would be thinking. I feel like this would melt your brain well, like, and like it would thing, pour out of your right? ears. Uh, not not to get uh, you know, I'm a fandom veteran of like ten years at this point, but like, uh, I know people watch this uh, and yeah, like this. But, but, like, that's the thing, right? Some people liked this, but this also went. Uh, a lot of people didn't, and Fate Stay Night had mm. a very uh poor um reputation in the like anime community for the longest time the ufo table adaptations didn't fully clear it up but it did Mm -hmm. um soften it a bit whereas before people would call fate stay night uh fate zero slur i'm not gonna say on this podcast brother i don't like fate zero i'm we're gonna do that next yeah yeah but like I, the thing I will say is Fate Zero is like undeniably a better, better anime. anime. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So yeah. like so like, you know, you were asking what would people who just watched this without reading the Face Night Visual novel think? That's the answer. They would be like, This is the dumb this is a dumb kitty show, and Fate Zero is the uh-huh. real good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, to I can, be like, fair, just, just watching just, this show. Just thinking from the anime, yes. I can yeah, I can see yeah. where, where people are getting that conclusion from. You know what I mean? Yeah, just just thinking from this show, I cannot blame anyone. Because, like, so much of Shiro's interiority is cut out. They don't... Uh, I The way they do the dreams is really bad. Saber's dreams. Mm. It's like, they have visuals, but the visuals don't really convey... Mean anything? The thing is, I think... I think if you're doing, like, Fate or UBW, right, where, like, the dreams are a super key plot point, I think the way to go is just to adapt them into flashback episodes, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't do that. Yeah. So many, uh, a lot of people, like, try to say, like, oh, they had to put um all this other root shit in this show because no. the Fate route doesn't have no. enough material for 24 episodes. But then you think about they all the bits they cut. If they wanted. 
Yeah. You, you think about all the know. bits they cut, and you're like, no, that's not true. And they cut very important scenes. They trim very important scenes. Uh, the Grail basement scene, which is like, you know, the centerpiece of the whole route, does not hit <laughs> at all. This is like... I was so certain. I heard you say that the the like uh church basement thing sucked, and I was like, I was so expecting those like zombies to get up and for him to have to fight them or something like that. <laughs> no, I was like, it wasn't 100% quite, positive. It wasn't quite that bad, but for anyone, I who's... was like, these re dead motherfuckers are gonna scream <laughs> and he's gonna freeze in place and then he's gonna have to fight them. No, um, but it's uh for anybody who's not in the Discord, uh. The thing they do is they basically cut the part where Shiro is, like, actually tempted to agree with Kotomine, but then he sees Saber there and he's able to, like, steal himself and, like, fully get over his past. It's so, like, no, Kotomine is like, hey, do you want to redo your past? Shiro, two seconds later, no. Um, yeah, yeah. No. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Saber being massacred. Uh... Stay tuned for Fate Zero, I guess. Different, different uh, kinds of massacring between this and yes. Fate Zero. Yes. Uh, Something I've noticed I... about Saber in the show. Her expressions are so angry. She <laughs> always looks like she is like on the so... verge, like on the verge of snapping. It's wild. There's well, and the the thing for me that uh, I am grumpy about is that. Uh, she is she is a pragmatist or a utilitarian yeah. mm -hmm. in the VM, mm -hmm. where she is like, okay, how do I save the most number of people? And her knights are like, hey, how do we save the people right in front of us? Doesn't matter if we could be doing better work elsewhere. Uh, and then the show is like, no, she's just like needlessly cruel. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, because uh, the show never gets across the point that like, the thing Saber did, you know, she calls them sins. Maybe they are sins on some level, but they did save more lives at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Saber feels bad because of the ending of her kingdom. Uh, but, like, the viewer and Shiro can look at it and go like, no, no one could have done better. <laughs> what are you talking about, Saber? Um, yeah. And, yeah, and it's such a weird choice to make it like, no, actually, almost anyone could have done it better. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's... The thing about this anime is that, like, fundamentally, every problem comes down to there is nobody working on this cares about or even understands the source material. Like, there's no... Mm -hmm. You know, if you are doing a Fate Root anime, the thing you are going to focus on that is the focus of the Fate Root, obviously is Shiro and Saber's internal psychologies, the way they play off of each other, and, like, the romance that comes from that. There's mm. no care. There's no care in how do we depict this thing in this format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shiro's chin is too wide. Sure. Uh, oh, it's freaking me out. Very it's weird, funny. like, thick chin. Very funny thing uh, is, like, people die when they're killed. In the VN, it's this, like, slightly sardonic line from his monologue. Anime, yeah, uh -huh. he we clutches got there, his like... fist. He clutches his fist and says it out loud with the most dramatic face. 
I know. We got to that point in the visual novel, and I was like, this line has been lambasted so much, but I'm reading it now. I'm like, yes, this just makes sense in context. And now I oh. see it here. I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get why people make fun of this line all the time. Uh, I, the anime character designs are bad. Why did Saber's eyes turn red during oh, the first I, Berserker fight? I, I was like, oh, that's blood on her eyes, right? No, it's they turned so red. Like, like she was fucking turning into a monster or something. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's, uh, during Shiro's first, like, hangout with Ilya, they show a shot of her with Kiritsugu. Don't explain it. Mm-hmm. There is, like, every time they stop and try and explain a servant's noble phantasm, I'm just like, you could just cut this. Like, if you're trying to do, you you don't need to explain what Tsubama Gaeshi does, or whatever. Because it just sounds stupid when you're doing it like this. Yeah. It all just sounds stupid. I think, like, that's the thing, right? I think, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, so many of the changes in the Fate Rule, like, they can, you know... Maybe they were originally intended to make the story feel more complete, even if simplified mm-hmm. to an audience. But in practice, they just come off as the fate route does not have that many action scenes. We've got to throw mm-hmm. more action scenes in there. And it's like, at that point, you either have to accept the material that you're working with or do UBW. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. One of the funniest shots in the entire thing. I was about to say, we've been really negative. There are some funny shots in this. Yes, okay, what one do you got? Because I'm talking about the episode 12 one. Uh, okay. Well, let's start with uh, possibly the funniest shot in the entire show, which is Lancer hovering in the air <laughs> and passing through a uh, pane of glass undisturbed yeah, and then like rematerializing so on they don't the have to show, like animate the glass shattering or anything like that it's so funny it's really funny uh, uh i'm talking music about music okay. is good it's not placed well the music placement mm. is really bad but the tracks mm-hmm. themselves are it's fine go- they're they're good tracks uh one example for listeners who don't want to suffer of bad music placement is uh when Shiro dreams of the fire at the start, they have this like sad, melancholic music, but then they just keep that music for when Sakura wakes him up and he's going about his daily chores. <laughs> Absolute incompetence. Uh Shiro and Saber's first conversation is framed as a faraway shot where you can't see either of their faces. <laughs> So Nobody funny. knows how to make anime working on this. Yeah. To Ben's point, uh, this has direction that is like nigh non-existent. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, like, okay. Really, okay. Wait. 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 I gotta get this Shinji thing out. Okay. I'm God. Oh, is it the scene where There's he just scene. like walks around? No. No. I get to say it. I get to say it. <laughs> There's a scene in episode twelve. Where Shinji, after like losing at the school, is wandering down the street, waving a book around, murmuring, kill, kill, (laughs) kill to himself. And then he knocks over a trash can and screams into the air while there's like a crane shot of like passerbys just staring at him. It's the funniest shit in the entire world. He knocks over a trash can that he's like six feet away from. (laughs) (laughs) What is this show? This show... This show feels like the anime equivalent of, like, 
five fifth graders putting on a school play. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. Please, nobody listening to this episode, watch it. Not even for your, like, if you think you're curious, oh you're not. Just don't. The bit where... The bit where Ar- Archer finally draws his bow and he, like, makes a sword and, and then, then it just like, turns into a light moon? arrow. I was like, well, I was like, he's shooting stupid fucking swords from his bow. You can't just turn it into a light, light arrow that doesn't get across what's happening at all. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, they basically do, they show Archer and Berserker's fight on screen as a way to depict to the audience what Archer's identity is. Uh, for yeah, what yeah. it's worth... It's like, I get why I they do that, this, yes. Uh, unlike all the other changes they make, that one's fine, because it doesn't actually yeah. stop them from doing the plot of the Fate Room. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that scene... Like, I think that that scene is so much, like, uh, weightier in the visual novel because it's like, you don't need to show the thing. Yeah. Like, they cut to the end and it's like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? It's very cool. Yes. But uh, they, like, I think it's a little drawn out, but, like, it does a pretty good job of getting across Archer. You know what I mean? That was, like, one of the scenes that I noted down and I was like, huh, that was kind of almost good. Yeah, like, like... It was one of the fights that almost had weight. Yeah, uh, for I will sure. also say... The moment where Archer, in a, like, bit of downtime, calls her Ilya, and she's, yes. like, shocked, and I was like, oh. Yeah, uh, and th- then, like, this is, th- they this, have a special the- ED for that episode, where it just, like, flashes by scenes of Shiro's life and, like, the people that he knows, uh-huh. and, like, damn, that almost hit. Yeah, it is the it is the thing of, like, this is working for me because I like these characters from the visual novel. Uh, and you have reminded me of them. It is like literally no work that you have done has brought me to this point. No, no. The first not time at all. we see uh, when Caster, like when they're uh, chasing Kuzuki and Rin shoots at him, and like a piece strip of cloth comes out of the air and blocks it, and then turns into Caster. I was like, wow, that was kind of a cool little bit of animation. One of like three in the whole show. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I'm sorry, Ben. You don't mean uh, Lancer like hovering above the ground <laughs> through the that's one of the other three okay. shots in the show oh i have another funny example of how them cutting actual fate root material to fit in their filler screws them over a bit because mm-hmm. they cut the scene where saber talks about her relationship to the lion cub and like shiro sees the memory of her playing with the lion but they keep the scene where Shiro takes her to the stuffed animal shop. Yeah. And also when yeah. he decides to go see Saber again, he looks at that lion and the last shot of the show is that lion. But they cut the setup scene. So it has no weight and doesn't mean anything. Yeah, the okay, okay, the the Sakura scene where Rin like saves her from Caster and all that stuff. They trace the CG and it's horrible because they don't deserve it. Uh, yeah, they're like Sakura has this t- weird, weird like RPG level three knife, <laughs> <laughs> like dagger in her for a little bit. It's really weird. Yeah, there. I think there's just two like. Across the totality of Fate's Day Night, there's too much for a 24-episode anime. 
you've just got to do the route that you set out to do and mm-hmm. take your take your wins and take your losses, you know. Or, yeah, or, like, rewrite it. <laughs> they kept in that Ilya is, like, shutting down as the, as the route continues, but for no particular reason. Yes. <laughs> because they've cut the bit about her being the Grail. Like, that's never yeah. explained. Um, like, it, she's used as the Grail at the very end. But they never say, they say a mage. Uh-huh. Well, Kotomine, <laughs> um, like, in the final fight against Kotomine, they add, like, three lines about the Einsburns, but it doesn't get the point across. <laughs> yeah. No. no, not at all. Um, it, in, in inexplicable inclusions is Saber in the Bath. <laughs> yes. Which is, like, I guess you wanted Nikki Saber? Okay, but no, like... I, I gotta, like, it does, you know, it kind of serves a similar purpose to, like, the ray version of this and evangelion were like they set saber up for a traditional anime gag and like the way she basically non-reacts to it is meant to be you know meaningful characterization so i think that's important Uh, enough to keep i don't know about that um Gil has a line about making Saber eat so much dirt, she looks pregnant. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, because Saber, after that, Saber has her visual lava line of, I'll do the same to you. But because they <laughs> add the Gil line, I was so distracted. Nobody cares. Like, nobody <laughs> working on this cared. Saber, don't do that. <laughs> Um, also like um the final fight the like the sheath fight you know what i yeah. mean <laughs> against gil and kotamine that fight works really well in the visual novel because it's like it's very snappy and it's bouncing back and forth really really quickly right yeah here it's just i'm just like you have the sheath you have the sheath use the sheath why are you just getting your ass kicked over and over and over again use the sheath you know what <laughs> i mean it's just so it lasts so long i'm like why is this happening at all because, and I think you'll see a, you know, this will be a recurring trend throughout Fates adaptations. They really like to emphasize the action scenes. And obviously, I'm not saying those aren't part of the game, but they're not the whole of it, you know? No. No. I have, I have not, I am not, I am not reading Fate stuff for the fight scenes. Yeah. I am, I am in fact highest on Fate stuff when the fight scenes are the, like, Tsukihime, more Tsukihime style. Short. Brutal and, like, scary and mm-hmm. short. Yeah. Yeah. And people aren't, like, pulling out their 12th secret move. I got, I'll got. i watch JoJo for that shit. You know what I mean? I will not watch JoJo because that does nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Even you liked the last Dio fight of Part 3. Ah, so very, very, very sick. Very sick. I, I should watch uh-huh. Part 4 onwards. I... Part 3 is so so long it's i like three is so long i haven't watched any of the much of the stuff after but i really like part four a lot it, i like part four for some of the same reasons that i like uh tsukihime it's because it's mostly just people fucking around in a weird little town uh-huh <laughs> nods nods yeah that the, makes the sense. parts that i've seen of part four are great yeah the chef is the chef incredible. is one of the greatest characters ever <laughs> written tony tonio trendy <laughs> the italian chef Okay. Um, uh, the 2006 oh, CG dragon is incredible. Really bad. I was gonna mention really the dragon. Bad. Uh, I, they were doing the like the the dragon core dive sequence, and I was like, "Wait a minute, 
there's a dragon in here, isn't there? They can't do a dragon. They're not. What are they gonna do for the dragon? And yeah, this the fucking like Spyro the Dragon <laughs> ass <laughs> like enemy. But also, they use they use non erotic traces of some of the arrow CGs, even though they're gonna lead yeah. into the dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm genuinely yeah. convinced one of the quote unquote artistic goals of this series was to trace as many CGs as they humanly could. <laughs> the, also in the last the, Okay, go ahead. The summoning scene is like is one of it's not the worst, but it's one of the earliest bits where I'm like, you should have just cut to four three and used the game CG. Uh-huh. Uh because it would have looked better than this. Uh the bi- okay, okay. Also, Kotamine throwing snowballs of mud grail, <laughs> yeah, uh, grail mud is like so stupid. It's like they, they there's like shots not, of like, like yeah, you have to visualize it like he is a boss with an autonomous weapon that attacks separately from him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But he also does have bad CG tentacles, but mostly he's just whipping balls of mud at Shiro like they're in a snowball fight. The Okay. Uh, uh, Rin g- shooting Gonder also. She just kind of plants her feet and goes like pew, 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 and shoots like a million shots. Um, <laughs> I will say that uh, Kotamine throwing snowballs of grail mud does lead into another one of the funniest shots of Shiro Naruto running <laughs> at the camera <laughs> and like zooming to the right and left to dodge. Do you... Do we have, like, do we have anything interesting to say about Shiro's depiction? Because, like, this show made Shiro a fucking pariah in anime circles for, like, a decade. He was, like... He's, I think he should have He's a boring there, shonen protagonist. I do, I do gotta say, I am the known Shiro hater. This made me wish that I was, like, reading Shiro's in Fate's Day Night. Like, whatever, whatever I hate about Shiro... Or, I find Shiro very unpleasant to be around, which I know is part of the point of Shiro in Fate Stay Night, right? Mm-hmm. And like, especially with the like the Fate Root particularly, I like the ending of the Fate Root so much that I'm like, okay, even if I don't like this character, even if I don't like a lot of his stuff doesn't do something for me, it's still going somewhere, and I can appreciate that, and I I like I get that, and I kind of I think that's good. This is none of that. No, this no, is like no. all the things I find annoying about Shiro. And, uh, nothing else. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we already talked about Saber's portrayal. We talked a bit about how Kotamine got fucked because they didn't do Heaven's Feel. We talked about Rin how- Rin looks weirdly moe yeah. at times. Rin. There's, like, a surprising amount of shot- shots of Taiga's ass at the beginning. <laughs> okay, so, so that's the thing. I think there is Taiga's one Taiga's wearing thing. the least sexy costume <laughs> Of any character in any anime ever. Why Does anyone? I think ass one of one of my earliest notes is just kicked up Taiga Lameo. <laughs> do, do either of you two feel that like the only thing they were fucking passionate about was the comedy? Because like they really there was a weirdly high oh amount of like God. physical comedy stuff. Yes, and, yeah. like the animation of a lot of like the the stuff that got animated was fights and then they did better animating like the moe like kagetsu toya not kagetsu toya uh like hollow ataraxia style goof moments yeah i mean you should have put in more hollow ataraxia if you wanted to do that it feels like the way they did the goof moments was often a uh 
bit of a tone breaker in a way that it never really feels in the novel because the scene transitions are a lot better. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, this is the thing is like it it feels like they took Fate Stay Night mm-hmm. and then we're like, so this is like a like a comedy battle shonen, right? Which is like <laughs> no. not what the game not is at all. Uh but does appear to be what they tried to make. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh one particularly funny With, example like, sad of music. this is like uh Shiro and Saber and, like, Rin discuss attacking the temple, and Shiro's like, no, don't do that, that's stupid, and Saber's like, god, fine, I guess. And then, because they did the UBW stuff, and Rin hasn't moved into the house, they do a fucking six-minute sequence of Rin moving into the house, and Taiga and Sokka are being mad about it. And then, they cut back to Shiro, Rin, and Saber talking about the temple. It's utterly inept. I think that uh, the, like, uh, Saber dying Bedivere scene is, like, done fine. Yeah, Saber, uh, saber dying... Uh, but, like, you can't really uh, fuck that up. as l- You just, like, word for word do that scene. Yeah, yeah. they did. With, they like, did her voice performance. The... Oh, it's really funny to me that the anime, I think, just assumed that all of Saber's knights were women because Bedivere has a female voice. Bediv- I was going to say, Bedivere is, like, huge for how whispery and feminine... <laughs> I, I think I think Bedivere is just meant to be a woman in this anime. Fascinating. Well, this is a, this is a thing that always happens with whenever they do flashbacks in Fate Stay Night associated stuff, where it's like, I'm sorry, Saber was passing as a man. <laughs> to who? She's wearing a fucking dress. Yeah. <laughs> Like that just like are they really understanding? Does she have that T boy swag? Like what's going on? (laughs) Saber does have T swag. You can interpret it in either direction, but she definitely has it. I have just like I do not understand how uh they are the how visually the the idea that Saber was pretending to be a man this whole time just does not make any sense with how she's actually depicted in any of these flashback bits. Which is not just here, right? It's in all Stay, stay Night Associated stuff where I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. She's just wearing a dress. She's just wearing a dress all the time. She's not even binding. Yeah, God. We, someone, yeah. someone somewhere has done fan art of Saber binding and like Yeah, wearing. I'm sure lots of people have. Yeah. Yeah, do we... Do we have anything else to talk about? We went over, like, all the quote-unquote major characters. They're stupid filler arc. What else uh, is there? Saber has ceiling healing beams at the end. Uh, Shira projects a blanket, right? Yes! Shira yes. Pro- yes. <laughs> After Ilya falls, Shira projects a blanket to cover her up with. I, honestly, I was, <sighs> I was too far gone to care at that point. I just started laughing. <laughs> It's so funny is the thing. I I my real thought watching this was I could make a better anime than this. Like if you gave me like a team, oh, yeah. I could make a yeah. better show than this. Uh-huh. Uh I have I think a lot of people uh, could. Yeah. yeah. I have critiques of I have a lot of critiques of the later adaptations which I won't get into now obviously. But rewatching this one was like 
Oh, right. We live in an era now where Fate Stay adaptations are kind of mid instead of being utter trash. And that is an upgrade. Like passable. You get passable adaptations. There there are degrees of adaptation from um, actively improves on the source material to uh, I can see that this is for someone, but as someone who doesn't particularly like just seeing like animated and Mm -hmm. voice acted versions of stories I've already read or seen, uh, it's not really Mm -hmm. for me. To this, which is like, there's no reason that you should ever watch this. Yeah, there's a hey. lot of, like, discourse, or I guess, I don't know if it still exists, but there was a lot of discourse of, like, should anime-only viewers skip this and just watch the UBW to have its feel adaptations? And I don't care about anime-only viewers, so I have no stake in this. Yeah. But the <laughs> fact that the show is so bad that people ask that says a lot. It's yeah. bad. It's a bad show. Thank uh, you a... for the two people who sent in questions. Sorry, oh, God. Right. do we you have? Questions. Oh, I, I was just going to say as a last note, it's really funny how you had these like ordered out episode by episode notes. And we just kind of went broadly on, oh, here's like the Broadway's this show is shit because it's oh, not worth yeah. getting into each one. Oh, God. Yeah, this is just because I was like literally taking notes while watching without pausing. That makes so sense. every time there was a there, every time an episode changed, I'd be like, "Okay, episode break here." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This was not a this was not a play by play by any stretch of the imagination. This is nothing like my K and K notes. No. <laughs> <laughs> thank you lauren for sending in a question Mm -hmm. uh we put out a frantic call for questions because we completely forgot to say anything we didn't get very Uh, many i don't know i don't know that many people were directly following our hollow ataraxia play because probably a lot of the people who would be interested already saw the abnormal mapping on hollow ataraxia that's fair (laughs) uh but um let's see there are a few things that i think about when i think about nasty protagonists one is how they often exist on some margin of society variously defined another is how they are positioned relative to the reader you probably have others as well i would be curious to hear how bazette and avenger fall relative to the components of a nasty protagonist for you thank you lauren oh that's a that's a great question okay well if we think about uh like Nasu protagonists often being a uh physically powerful woman who with emotional stunting and an emotionally intelligent man with physical inability to get things done, then they're like the quintessential Nasu protagonist, right? Yeah. <laughs> like pair. <parents. laughs> they're, they're the quintessential hero and heroine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, interest- I, I think the ways in which they're what were you going to say? I was going to say, interestingly, though, you know, the POV ratio is like sort of swapped if you don't count Shiro mm. Avengers bits as Avenger bits. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We get a lot more, a lot of Bizet like, uh, like, uh, POV, which we haven't really gotten very much of in Nazi stuff. So where we're at so far, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mostly just the boy. And uh, I think one of the main ways that I think that Bazette, uh differs from a 
normal Nasu protagonist girl is that she's like older. She's not in like that like period of uh change. You know what I mean? Like even Arkawid, she's eight hundred years old, but she's seventeen years old, yeah. right? Yeah. CL is perpetually locked in being a kid, even though she's kind of older and in, in vibe. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, CL and Saber sort of hit that kind uh-huh. of a middle ground. Saber again perpetually trapped at 17 even though like she does act differently the thing is that uh she but you can't treat bizet as a 17 year old and nasu doesn't even if he does often treat uh saber as young and cl as young and arcweed as young you know what i mm-hmm. mean yeah but by the framing of the age that they appear to be they become that age at times when it's convenient whereas bizet is like a 30 year old woman or whatever. And like, she's kind of set in her path and, uh, 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 in a way that like lots of Nasu, uh, heroines are not. You know yeah. I mean? It's, I think it's interesting to note, And, you know, this kind of makes sense. Cause I especially read, oh, anorexia is a very British game. You know, Bazet's character resolution is basically, you are never going to resolve all of your problems living is suffering and you're gonna like suffer forever but like try to have a good time while that happens <laughs> yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah that's 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 well, like a very nasu like plot line right is like yes you you're it's gonna suck at times it's gonna suck often like we can't fix we can't change the world. This is very nasty. It was like, I, as long as the world exists, there's always going to be painful things. And that's part of what makes the world beautiful. Even if also in, on the individual level, it hurts and it sucks and it's bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, you keep moving anyway, because there's nothing else to live for, but to live. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, uh, not, uh, and there's like a nasu interview where he says that archer uh, avenger is like his perfect protagonist and he almost quit writing after this right <laughs> yeah uh, well uh the exact <laughs> wording was something to the effect of like avenger contain as a character contains everything i wanted to talk about at mm-hmm. that time and i yeah, was like yeah. so satisfied and like complete that i almost quit writing yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense it does yeah yeah he's like uh he's like this interesting projection of all of this like um what does it mean to be alive we've said this a lot Mm -hmm. like why why do you keep living even if it sucks you know what i mean this is this is avengers whole thing right uh and like his prodding of Bizette to get Bizette to live instead of stand still and hope that nothing hurts her anymore you know what i mean he, in some ways, is a, a healthier archer. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, an archer who who can't purely live uh, for the idea that he could escape this. Mm-hmm. You know, but... for, for, he is an archer who is not suicidal, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, this is the bit way... in Hollow Ataraxia um sorry uh this is the bit in hollow ataraxia where it says that uh avenger has like reached enlightenment backwards through through like hell you know what i mean Uh (laughs) yeah for sure sorry like avenger in a way you know he is compatible with shiro to the extent that like he can literally larp as him but also you know Mm -hmm. i've talked about this in the cord he is also, like, simultaneously very cheeky-esque in the sense of, like, 
somebody who sees the suffering and the inevitable death of the world, but affirms life anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that way, yeah, when yeah. you think about the fact that, like, Avenger, Avenger is everything that Nasu has been doing mm-hmm. up to this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I guess that's what I mean when I say that they're, like, a quintessential pair. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Avenger is very, like, he is the concept of a Nasu protagonist boy, like, drawn out to this interestingly, like, um, experimental degree. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he's all like the like um, Shiro's like savior complex stuff, and all of Shiki's kind of like edgy meanness that he has under l- underlying his like kindness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All yeah. like bundled up into one uh, tattooed boy. Avenger's the one that I compared to Kanke Shiki, right? Or is that someone else? I think you did that too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is kind of well. like a sort of like study mm-hmm. of emptiness and selfhood, and you know, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad that Nasu figured out other things that he wanted to write yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, uh, like Bazette. What makes her different than other heroines besides, like, actually being like played always as the age that she is? Aside from like one comment about how she looked younger when she's sleeping. That's an in some. I mean, like, yeah. I guess she is kind of CL. In that she's part of a larger, larger organization, yes, but is part of a hated branch of that organization that and doesn't she's like, like unloved by, yeah, it. yeah, and yeah. unfulfilled by her own work, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't want to die. She like lots of lots of Nazi protagonist girls, heroine girls, want to die. Yeah, is the thing. <laughs> Fazed critically does not wish to die. <laughs> she very much does not want to wake up dead. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she doesn't have that like vibe of a romanceable character, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like her—that's the main difference that I'm getting. Yeah, her character, like, uh, especially for Saber and CL, who are kind of like, you know, with Saber and CL, falling in love is what uh gives these characters like some extent of salvation and. Ba- mm-hmm. Bazette doesn't get that. She just gets, well, you want to be alive, and that's uh-huh. good Well, she enough. did have a one-sided love with the worst possible person in the world to ever have mm. a thing for, you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's a really interesting difference, right? Like, her, she she, she doesn't have a love en- uh, interest in Avenger at all. No. They have a great partnership, but they're, like, there's no, uh, he's, like, horny for her at times, but there's never any in- indication that they're actually p- gonna pair up. No, That's, and, Karen you know, is his pair, Karen like is, romantic interest. Yeah. 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 And uh yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing. She has Stay her own for future fate stuff with heroines who don't get a love interest. Interesting. Um Yeah, so she she has her own like love life in a certain sense and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's and that's Otomine and then Avenger. <laughs> well, I don't, again, I don't think that she's in love with Avenger. And neither do no. I, yeah. Well, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Kotamine and then ah shit, fuck. I gotta figure something out. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So interesting. interesting stuff. Hollow Ataraxia, great fucking game. Yeah. Last yeah. episode we were like kind of up and down on it because of like the wrap up stuff, but uh, 
the ending of that game, the real ending, fucking fantastic. Great. Stellar shit. Um, yeah, I, I think Nasu is really good at writing about endings. Yeah. And like, uh, dealing with them and what you do with them and like, mm-hmm. yeah. Wouldn't it be a shame if he was theoretically stuck in a mobile game that could never end? Yeah, it really would. I need Mahoyo 2 and 3, Like you open the app and Nasu's in there and you have to feed him like carrots or something to keep him alive? (laughs) It would be so funny if Fgo added a little like uh, support Nasu button. (laughs) Support Nasu? Just like there's a little, uh, it's the cafe from Blue Archive, but Nasu's the only one in there. Uh-huh. And he's just like, uh, there's like a, a like lock on his writing desk, and he just like jiggles it every now and then and cries. <laughs> um, hello, uh, yeah, hello, Moon Archivists. Well, I watched the anime, and at least the voice acting was good, and it reminded me of the parts I liked about Fate's Day Night. My question: Did Holoraxia alter your feelings about Fate's Day Night, or how you rank the roots in Fate's Day Night? Hmm. Also. Since you mentioned ranking everything covered so far, here's my personal list uh, from worst to best. The anime we just watched, Kigetsu Toya, uh, Stay Night, Tsukihime, anime, uh, Holodraxia, K&K, Tsukihime. Mm. Uh, haven't played the multi-blood, so I can't include those. Thanks, Emirates. Wait, so Tsukihime is at the top of that list? Yes. Hell yeah. Shout Hell out yeah. To Shout you're out. a hero. OG Tsukihime, you're a champion. <laughs> Um, Fate Night anime is definitely the worst thing that we've. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Is it worse than Kagetsu Toya? Yes, because yes, Kagetsu Toya has, has good moments. parts. Yes. Yes. Kagetsu uh, Toya was the gold standard of worst thing that we've covered uh, until now. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, well, there's also the Tsukihime manga. <laughs> or the Melty Blood manga, sorry. That was also pretty horrible. Still but, better than this. But, yeah. At least, at least you could just read it and be done, right? Yeah. It's a faithful adaptation of the Melty Blood game, mostly. I think the, yeah, yeah, the oh. the Melty, the like first six volumes of the Melty Blood manga. Yeah, which is you fine. know better than anything in this fucking show. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so did it change my opinion? I guess the thing with Hollow Ataraxia is I played it and I was like, wow, I like this a lot more than Fate Stay Night. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I guess it gave me gave me a lot more affection for um the, a little bit more affection for the characters in Fate Stay Night, but like that's been blurry from the start because I kind of already know a bunch of them from later Fate stuff from like Grand Order a little bit, so I have kind of sorted out my feelings on them already in a certain mm-hmm. sense, right? Yeah, I think it changed. Like I like Caster, um, and Koo. Mm-hmm. Mostly those two. More I like them now. More now. Um, mm-hmm. I like Avenger. I like Bizet. But like, Caster really got was the one that got the most like work for me in it, this. Yeah, like most improved. She won most improved. Yeah, I it didn't. Would've... It didn't like go back and like Rin and Saber and Sakura not really having stuff that I liked didn't make me go back and go like. Actually, I like Fate's Day Night less now. It did make, remind me that I liked the Fate Root a lot whenever I was uh-huh. like, damn, I wish I was reading Fate Root so- uh, Saber right now. Yeah, yeah makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, I guess for me, I would say biggest improvement is probably Kuzuki. Just because you're going from like literally one, you know, two if you're being generous. 
I can't with Kuzuki. Like, he did improve. He did move up one rank for me because <laughs> I famously rated him worst in Fate's Day Night. Uh, but, like, his bit uh, of being, like, a, a, like, magic mega assassin or whatever, just, I've, like, laughed. At, I, would, like, I was like, we're doing this one again, huh? I laughed and then I moved on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Ryder also got a big glow up. Uh, I think. Oh, Ryder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ryder. Ryder also has some of the worst scenes. Yeah, but she or, has some and of the she, best. I baseline. Yeah, I baseline liked Ryder more than Cast. I was really low on Caster. Caster Kuzuki was like a like a millstone around her neck, dragging her down into the water in uh, Fate Stay Night, and she didn't really do anything to swim. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh huh. And then Hollow Ataraxia improved it, but yeah. Oh. I did, it did, like, Hollow Water actually did make me like Sakura less, <laughs> uh, which made me, like, retroactively be like, man, maybe I was too hard on her in the, in the <laughs> Heaven's Feel route. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how I feel about Hollow Sakura, if you want me to be honest. I think there are a few she's, she's scenes. Got, like, nothing going on. There's, like, yeah. maybe two or three that, like, really touch on what does Sakura look like. Six months yeah. after vague Heaven's Feel approximation? Yeah, it's like, if all you want from Sakura is to see her be happy later, then I guess you'll be well served. But for me, I was just like, well, is she going to be cooking? Or is she going to be complaining about her weight? Or is she going to be complaining about Shiro talking to another woman when all of his friends are women? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Ah, all three! <laughs> maybe, maybe Sakura is one of the characters who really suffers from tall Ataraxia's root ambiguity because i don't know what else to call it yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like um when there's a character who's gone through a lot like sakura right uh i think it's nice to get a little denouement where it's like oh and then they have like a happy ending you know what yeah. i mean but i don't really care about that long term i don't need to, I, I i like don't want to see that drawn out well because it's boring I don't think we get it drawn out uh-huh. we get like oh like here she is as like competent head of the archery club mm-hmm. uh and then basically the rest of her time is exactly what you said it's yeah. being jealous over shiro it's cooking yeah. it's like normal romantic comedy shit and like i don't like romantic comedies makes sense. especially not hit ones you know what i mean uh-huh. yeah yeah so yeah uh i, I think, think that the I guess what I'm getting at is Hollow Daraxia. The good stuff made me uh the like really good stuff when it really hit made me go like wow, Fate Stay Night was not as good as this to me. This hits more more than uh Fate Stay Night ever did. And then like the goof off stuff made me be like wow maybe I was too hard on some of these girls when I was playing Fate Stay Night. Maybe Fate Stay Night was good. So I kind of just moved up and down and ended up the same I guess. Yeah, uh, I, for me, the things Hollow Ataraxia does are mostly distinct enough from the things Fate Stay Night does that they really, like, despite having the same characters, they don't really cross over that much in my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. Fate Stay Night especially is, like, mostly the Shiro show, and then it's the Kotamine show. Uh, neither of those <laughs> characters are... Well, Kotamine is in Hollow for five seconds, and Shiro's never really in Hollow, you know, as a very deliberate yeah. choice. Shout outs to my man, Kotamine. Highlight of Fate's Day Night. <laughs> what a guy. Well, what a guy. <laughs> uh, so I guess, should we do rankings? 
Yes. Okay. So, worst thing, lowest on our list, fan. Fate, Fate Stay Night, Night 2006. Yep. The Studio Dean anime, obviously. Bad. Just bad. Just unpleasant to engage with on every level. Uh, 11. Number 11 on our list. Melty Blood, the game. Getsu Toya. Oh. oh. Uh, Melty Blood is okay. Yeah, I think that's right. No, stay, stay with your answer. Don't change it on my. This answer. was this was like a gut. Uh, yeah, I I'm sure that if you asked me in ten minutes, it would be slightly different. But uh, Melty Blood, the game, uh, just unpleasant to play, and it has its moments, but it has a lot of moments that are not good. <laughs> hey G Ben, Eha fight is going to weigh heavy on my hands for the rest of my life. You know what else is unpleasant to play and uh, has mostly. Uh, nothing going on. High's a higher fan. Kagetsu Toya. Uh, that is fair. There are... This is, again, this is the thing of, like, I put it down there and, like, maybe it deserves to be a little higher, but I'm grumpy. Number nine for all of us. Notes. Melty Blood the manga. Fate Stay Night 2006. <laughs> yes. That's fair. That's, that's, I believe that. Number eight. Talking Prelude. Shingetsu Tan Tsukihime. Tsukihime Plus Disc. Ooh. I, Dude, plus Disc is low for you. I, I, I have uh, I have fun with the Seo short story, and like it's nice mm -hmm. seeing the heroines interact a bit, but I couldn't really justify putting it above anything above it. Mm. I'm a big fan of the of the the getcha, uh, just like as a structural existence. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it goes this this goes high for me. What's seven? number seven? Seven? <laughs> lost track of the numbers already. Yeah, seven. Melty Blood React. Kagetsu Toya. Melty Blood Manga. Mm -hmm. Kagetsu Toya pretty low for me. Yeah. Six. Shingatsu Tanskihime. Notes. Kagetsu Notes. Toya. <laughs> Notes is one of those things where I think it's really instructive for like Nasu stuff. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You read it's it and you're an like, oh, wow. Five pages. It's a really. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think it's very good. You know what no. I mean? But yeah, it's like it's being like a source text uh, or to help you understand Nasu uh, <laughs> uh, is why I rated it as high as it. Uh, Shinsuke Tanski, you might have a lot of fond memories of yes. sitting down and watching that with you, Ben. All in one sitting. Yep. <laughs> right before we had to record. Uh, what's this next one? Six? Uh, I have... Do I want to... Okay, wait. Six. I have one, two, three, two, one. Yeah, yes, so six. I have okay. six laps, so yeah. I should have numbered these. Melty Blood Manga. Fate, stay night. Kagetsu the visual Toya. novel. Wait, wait, no, I already did that one. Notes. Wow, that's brutal, Ben. That I put Fate, stay night so low? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I again, a lot of this stuff is stuff that I actually enjoyed, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? So Nasu was, on average, a pretty good writer. Yeah. This is if, if I was comparing this to a list of other stuff I'd seen, uh, a lot of stuff would be below. Yeah, a lot of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's number five. Skihime plus this. Skihime plus this. Multi plot the game. <laughs> uh, the plot disc is good. 
plus disc is a beautiful short little experience yeah and it is uh it is basically the platonic ideal of what i would want out of a fan disc you know as, what I mean? as ben said i love authors talking about their own work whether it is in character or not yeah and like uh as we said kind of narkisu some of them at least part of the reason that i like that game is the author uh-huh. like kind of proposing an experiment and then saying well i kind of failed at it but uh and so uh yeah, yeah. the trick that is pulled in that short in that short story with shiki oh, is so it's good a, it's it's real like they're like oh my god that's what shiki looks like <laughs> and no it's not what shiki looks like is such a funny like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. bit. it's it's such a good bit that is like oh this only worked because Shiki doesn't have a sprite. Yes, it's such a good like use of visual novel, like uh, non-existent boy like yes. disease. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's like a really effective moment of like, ooh, oh Jesus Christ, she's been talking to someone not who I thought she was, like yeah. skin crawling. Yeah. You know? Uh huh. Number four. Number four. Talk and prelude. Fate Holodoraxia. Karno Kyokai. Uh, I, uh, especially because we're talking about the movie version, I like it fine, but I, six is a miserable nightmare disaster adaptation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. and I don't, I don't like most of seven. So, mm, and also Ryoki yeah, is like, Ryoki is probably just my like least favorite of the four core Nasu protagonists. So... Mm. You know, I like KNK. I like it enough that I'm translating it. But yes. relative, you know, it's relative. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk and Prelude rated really highly for me because it. I went from not really being interested in what a Tsukihime 2 would have been to like being like, this is actually painting a really interesting picture. Mm-hmm. And I would actually like to have seen where this had gone. You know what I mean? Uh, if... So they rated pretty high. They were like fun. It got me like excited about Tsukihime again. If the ratio of good things mm-hmm. to boring or bad things was higher, uh-huh. uh huh. Holoraxia would be maybe number one or number two. It it might have gotten up there. You know what Instead, I mean? Instead, it's eighty hours. Let's say fifty of which <laughs> are uh, fine to bad. <laughs> Not even it's good. not 30, 80 hours. I don't believe that. I read slowly. Yeah. Okay, that, that explains it. Number three. The Kata no Kyokai series. Fen, do you want to oh, go? Fen stopped. Fen's frozen. What's yours? Uh, Tsukihime and Fate's Day Night. Brackets tied. I, I couldn't pick. <laughs> uh, there are... The, the in I like the themes and characters of Sikihime more, but uh the plotting uh, the actual plotting mm-hmm. the plot of Sikihime is interesting. The plotting of Sikihime as stretch <laughs> across five roots is it needs a lot of work. There's not five mm-hmm. roots of story in that game, and like otherwise, Sikihime would be a straight ten out of ten for me because of that yeah. it's a 9 out of 10 uh but like Fate's Day Night is also like such a formative and important title for me as a mm-hmm. person so it's like yeah both of these are things that I love you can't you can't make me pick between my children it's fair 
I liked Kata no Kyokai a lot. It's kind of up and down. I wish that I had been able to read the um the novels. You know what I mean? I'll get back to that at some point. I have the special like re-release editions right next to me. They're staring at me, but I'm doing other stuff first. Uh, yeah, it's just they're fun movies, and I like the characters a lot, and I like the vibes a lot. So I rated yeah. them pretty highly. They don't have a lot of baggage. You know what I mean? You can just kind of watch them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. They're, yes. I think, what was your thought? Uh, as I said, uh, if you ask me 10 minutes later, I might change the order of things. Yeah. Uh, Karno Kyokai. Number uh, three? Number three. Um, yeah, I think that the they're well, they're like well animated, but have the problems that I have with a lot of NASA adaptations, which uh-huh. is he is a very good writer and uh, visually you have to cut some of that because a lot of yeah. that you don't have like it It can't just be an audiobook <laughs> mm-hmm. but it does have hot toko design in it so it does have toko it's pretty good number two, number two. skihime fate hollow ataraxia yeah yeah i like hollow ataraxia a lot when it's on when it's uh, at its height are you out of options now Catherine? no i've got one left i've got my number one yeah What's your number one? Well, wait, wait. no, or, sorry, no, wait, you, you're, right, you're gonna, waiting because yeah, I got I, thrown by retro, you combining two. In retrospect, two. Yeah. I should have combined. We should have waited three. Uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, when you two did your number two, I should have listed both Sikiyama and Fates tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so my number two, Fate Hollow Ataraxia. I think it's a fantastic game when it's like really firing on all cylinders. I think there's a lot of stuff in it that I'm not really a big fan of, you know. But I do think I'm willing to cut that some slack because. Uh, if I was playing it not for podcast very quickly, I think I would have like not minded a lot of that as much. When, Even if I do still think it would not have been good, it wouldn't have graded as much. When it's good, I think Hotoraxia might have the second highest highs mm-hmm. of anything on this list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scheme is just real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yes, I agree with like everything basically that Catherine said is that... Uh, it has interesting ideas and like does some cool stuff and then doesn't stretch that over five routes particularly well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Number one. Tsuka fucking Hime. <laughs> Fate Stay Night. Fate oh. Hall Ataraxia. Oh. Three different number one. Three ones. different, but all visual novels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Nasu, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. The thing is that uh, for me, Tsukihime, sometimes a work just sticks in your brain. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I don't know that Tsukihime is actually literally better than a- any of these games. Like, technically, definitely not, right? And the mm-hmm. the highs are kind of all over the place. And it's, yeah, it's like got way too repetitious uh, at times. But a lot of the vibes and like the themes and the ideas and, and, and the, the characters, characters just really we, stick in my they're head. They're so good. We, we, ben and I love Tonoshiki. What a boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm the Shiki defender. Yeah. I'm willing to do this. Yeah, I will take on the burden that no one else will. And yeah, part of this is me being con- like a contrarian, right? Mm-hmm. From I hear a lot of people shitting on Tsukihime yeah. uh, lately <laughs> because of it, like getting covered on um, abnormal mapping, and we're still oh, in the period novel not, new. novel not new, and we're still in the period before the remake comes out and it gets a critical reappraisal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm also extra high on it because I'm reading the remake myself in Japanese right now. So maybe I'm cheating a little bit, but 
No, it's Suka fucking Hime. Nothing stuck in my head like Suka fucking, fucking Hime. Hearing you say that, I'm like, what if I just tied Hollow Stay Night and Suki Hime? Because, like, <laughs> I could. I really could. Hollow, on its good parts alone, might mm-hmm. stand above. But if you combine the, like, very hit and miss slice of life, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm just tying the three of them. I'm sorry, this is a yeah. coward's answer, but also I've spent a decade thinking about these games. So I have uh-huh. too many thoughts about, like, these top three, especially. K&K is... has not, like, I think yeah. about K&K sometimes, but it doesn't have the same brain space that Siki Hime, Stay Night, and Hall Adoraxia do for me. If I could send one of these back to make me as a teen read, it would be Tsukihime, and that's why it's number one. Makes sense, makes sense. Now, Fen, Fate Stay Night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hit me. Fate Stay Night I is think... probably the correct answer of Tsukihime or Fate Stay Night. I don't know well, if that's true. I don't know if that's um, true either. If or, I could, uh, if I... the popular answer, certainly, right? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm nothing if not the... And, like, on a technical level, of, absolutely Fate Stay Night. ...of uh, popularity. Uh-huh. Or popular things. Um, we would not have this podcast if I had not read Fate Stay Night. That is true. Uh, which is, like, and in a real way, reading Fate Stay Night got me back into reading visual novels. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that is, like... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all of those things are like unrelated to my most recent playthrough for the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, you got fond memories, though. Yeah. It started yeah. this damn podcast. It started this like incredible Sisyphean boulder rolling that we've been doing. Yeah. We're making progress. Uh, you know. We're stacking the stars up and it's getting knocked down over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, no. um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Fate Stay Night is, is just like, it's simply very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I like. Yes, I like uh, a lot of the characters as characters, even if I don't like, yeah, there's, yeah, I like them as characters. I don't like them as, like, people I want to hang out with, <laughs> right? Um, I would hang out with Ilya. I would, yes, there are some that I would hang out with. I would hang That's out with Ilya, I would hang out with Saber, I would, hang out with Rin seems know, like a real uh, hit or miss. Bit. Yeah. Like I I can I understand the appeal of hanging out with Saber in mm. abstract, but I think in practice, uh, mm-hmm. Rin I think would be a pretty good hangout partner for me because I mm-hmm. can like I can gotta teach her how to game. Gotta teach her how to game, and also I can be like a bit maybe too reserved and like stuck in myself. So like someone mm-hmm. with like that like extroverted like magnetism would probably be a mm-hmm. good hangout partner for me mm-hmm. uh-huh i would simply learn how to i would study the blade with saber <laughs> i've heard people say that uh they that they would never want to hang out with any of the characters from tukime as a pejorative and i'm like that's why they're good it's I, because I'm they a, suck yeah and i'm not i would with caution hang out with arcoid she does she you you could have a fun day out with arcoid yeah um she might like do something illegal and get you arrested but then <laughs> you know she'll bust I mean? you out uh-huh. uh-huh would she even know where you went 
Or would she just like wait for you to come back and be like, whoa, what took you so long? <laughs> oh, God. I would hang out with Arcwade. Uh, I'd maybe hang out with Arahiko. Uh, mm. Ooh. Mm. He's kind of like a, what you would call it, uh, like a reply guy, but like a affectionate reply guy. Yeah. Like. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'd hang out with Satrin because like I want to make her happy. Uh huh. <laughs> I like the part of uh, of Yumizuka that is a murderer. Yes. I don't know if I would hang out with that part. Yes, that that makes sense. It's just like he's got such a bad hand that I'm like, I've got to give this girl the best day out of her damn life. You gotta do the like SpongeBob's last day where he's gonna die from a bomb pie that he ate. Yes, with her. yes. That that is that is the way I would hang out with Sasuke Yumizuka. It's just you, me, and the brick wall I've built between us as the sun rises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, episode 60? 61? Of our, po- of our podcast? 61. 61. 61. Damn. We've, we've been doing this for a while. We've been doing this for a while. We've covered a lot of the big visual novels now. Yeah. Uh. Wait, oh yes, yes, not all of them. Yeah, you not got all of them. Mahoyo we still have and Sukiri, both parts. And, yeah. And we got okay. Grand Order, oh. which is like enough visual novel oh. to be a visual oh, novel. Oh, if, ca- if you're counting that, then CCC then is CCC. also definitely yeah, that's enough true. visual novel to be. I was counting CCC and Grand Order as JRPGs. That's fair. Um, But yeah. We have. Yeah, damn. We're booking it uh that's that's number 22 on our list done done and dusted wow hell yeah we are part of the abnormal mapping network thank you uh feels good to be done with uh well but i kind of after that conversation i kind of forgot that this was the studio dean episode Mm -hmm. which is why i said it was episode 60 i kind of forgot we were on 61 but it was nice Dean, to finish bad. This, though. Colorado Axia, good. Uh, we are going to go watch a bunch of mid to good anime. <laughs> I would say good, enjoyable, mm-hmm. enjoyable anime. Yeah. Uh, what did we say at the end? Go listen to another abnormal mapping podcast. Yeah. Uh, go listen to Normal Not New. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six and Jen do good work. What did they cover recently? Uh-huh. Oh no! That the the they did an abnormal mapping on Love Love, didn't they? Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's what I was. Go listen to abnormal mapping. Friend of the pod, Olivia's on that. Shout outs! Shout outs to Olivia. Um, everyone's favorite dog girl, Olivia. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, we or should we do out? Wait, where can people find you, Ben? You can find me on Twitter at Ben Ends, and you can find me occasionally tweeting about Reckless Sympathy, the visual novel that I'm working on that is uh, in a holding pattern until part one comes out soon. It's basically done. I just need a couple of uh, uh, things to come together to actually release part one. I'm also on uh, co-host at Ben Ends, Blue Sky at Ben Ends, and Miss Key at Ben Ends now. Mm. So you can find me all over the place. I'm not using a lot of them right now because I'm doing Reckless Sympathy stuff, but eh, I'll get around to it. Ben, where can people find you? Uh, in the in the Crying Rules Discord. <laughs> that's basically the only place I post online. Um, yeah, that's fair. 
Sometimes Social in media's been sometimes bad. in a normal mappings Discord. Uh Catherine, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, at KimmyCatherine1 on Twitter. Uh, I've also very recently start. I'm trying to start to use my Tumblr again. Uh, I have notes mm. from a, like, eight-year-old Fates Day Night playthrough reread analysis on there, KimmyCatherine Tumblr. <laughs> um... And also, I'm on the Crying Rules Discord, where I talk a lot, and I'm on the Abnormal Mapping Discord. So, yeah, I'm, I'm places. You're around. People can find you. Uh, what else do we... S- oh, right. Next time! Wait, where can we find the show? Oh, you can find the show at Crying Rules on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, still our main place where we do stuff. Yeah, I post uh, episodes on co-hosts. Oh, too, but... That's Crying Rules... Crying-Rules... No, it's wait. What? It's fate dash moon dash archive. Okay. Uh, co-host, sorry. which is was a mistake. I know. I know. Um, I'm so sorry. It's okay though. Co-host, co-host is interesting. It's a uh, a little too um. People are like on one over there. I can't post like that. I've never been a poster like that. I ain't gonna do fucking CSS bullshit so that I can make a bad joke. This is the thing: is that co-host is like high effort uh jokes mm-hmm. and essays <laughs> yes not not like essay essays but like you know five or six paragraph posts which is like i have some hope for miski because i hear that all the perverts are heading over there yeah it makes but sense. Uh, i haven't really like, used it much okay <laughs> sorry um hey finn yeah, people wanted to leave a five-star review about our podcast on their podcast platform of choice, especially Apple Podcasts or anything like that. What could they say? Uh, what could they say? I have a note that I don't remember what it's for, but it just says Wiggly Saber. Wiggly Saber. Well, they can say Wiggly Saber. They can say Wiggly they can Saber. Say they can say Wide Shiro Real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they can say thank you. My therapist, Wide Saber cannot hurt you. (laughs) Wide Shuro, Wide Shuro cannot hurt you. Wide Shuro. Wide Saber would be a sight to see. Oh. (laughs) They can can say thank you for saving me from watching the 2006 Fate Stay Night anime. Yeah, yeah. Post exactly that word for word. (laughs) Um. Oh, God. Okay, I gave us too much homework for next time. Oh, shit. Right. Next time. Next time, we are covering Fate Zero, the first half of Fate Zero Volume 1. Oh. Uh, Okay. When this goes up, I will hopefully also know which anime episodes Uh, that I can DM you. Okay. I'm pretty Uh, sure I already have DM'd you. About that. Oh, did you? Let me let me have a look in our chat. I haven't looked recently. Yeah, I'll, oh, fi- I'll find it and I'll repaste it. Okay. You know what? We did almost didn't mention this, but uh, we oh, yeah, um, yeah, you did. I'll pin this. We uh had some like you hear about the strike that's going on, the actor and the voice, uh, the various guild strikes that are happening yes. in the entertainment industry. We had a conversation about this. Uh, we're a microscopic podcast, so I don't think anyone ever cares about what we're doing. But uh, this was a conversation going on in the broader abnormal mapping verse. So we definitely like thought about this a lot. Uh, there's no evidence that they are that the strike is asking us to boycott anime. 
Yes. So anime, unfortunately, not produced under union conditions. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing unless we get some new guidelines. But yeah. uh, shout outs to the strike. I hope they squeeze those fucking bastards for everything they got. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Uh, and we would happily be... pause uh, all of our anime coverage if yeah. it came to that. And uh, yeah, I was going to say just to be safe. Maybe pirate stuff instead of watching it on uh, <laughs> streaming platforms, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which I, uh, yeah, that does not mean that we're going to cover like stricken materials no. and tell you to pirate them. That no. That is just uh, an abundance of caution slash yeah. solidarity. Uh, well, you know how it goes. Streaming platforms are not great. Yeah. Can we not, can we officially endorse piracy on our podcast, Ben? Uh, abnormal mapping talks about it all the time yeah, so okay. uh, you can find a lot of the material covered on this podcast where the cats meow <laughs> was that uh, vague or enough? if you want is she is she you know where the cats meow <laughs> looks like we are watching episodes one through three should you and... should you watch three i would Oh no! no. We're, yeah, we're watching one and two. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you know, if there's an episode with overlap, long. I would advise covering it in the second part, not the first part. That's that's fair. Okay. Uh, also, episode one is long, so episodes one and two, reading the prologue, Act One and Act Two. Gotcha. Uh, and what are we covering for Yuri Tea Time, then? For Yuri Tea Time, it's one thing, right? We are covering... Ben, it's one thing, right? Because we're already covering two things for the episode. Uh, for Yuri Tea Time, we ben? are covering... <laughs> it's the, the Padme and uh, Anakin <laughs> me. <laughs> for Yuri Tea Time, we're covering one thing, right? One thing, right? <laughs> um... Until we meet again, uh, the again, I think that is also a 2005 visual novel. Let's see. Original release, June 29th, 2005. I believe it's like half an hour. Okay. Uh, Great. And anyway, Fen, see us out. Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl. Oh, the, uh, let's see, Monogatari adjacent series, uh, the, the first season of that. So 12 episodes. Oh, fan, we just had to watch a two-episode anime for the... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm gonna live. I'm gonna thrive, actually. Uh, yeah. That's that's all. Okay. And then, yeah. Yeah, that's we're covering true, the Fate Zero that I mentioned earlier. Thank you for joining us, Catherine. Uh, yes, thank you, Catherine. Always thank have a blast. Here. I hope thank- you had a fun time. Thank you. Mostly for just us. talked about Review Starlight, but I think that that it deserves Review a lot Starlight. Spice, I, I got uh, I got to get my hater energy out, so you know. Uh huh. We should have put Review Starlight on our <laughs> our type moon list. <laughs> that and uh, Caligula Effect Two. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh What else? Um, I think that's. Thank it. you for joining us, dear listener. Yes. Uh, go talk to people about us, as they often say over at Range Touch. We don't advertise or anything. Nobody knows about this show. Uh, You're in a very secret exclusive club. And what you should do with that is invite other cool people to join the exclusive club and be like, I promise it may be a five hour episode. That sounds very intimidating, but it's very listenable. Mm -hmm. Also has some top tier guests.
Yeah. Yeah. We do have top tier guests. We're great guests. We Most of whom are smarter than I am. We have good opinions and uh Tsukihime is good. Yeah. Tsukihime is really uh, good. Tonoshiki is my boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would I call Tonoshiki my boy? No. I would call Avenger my boy. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's fair. Can't I can't wait till I'm on a Sikihime like a proper Sikihime episode and I just get to ramble about Shiki for a bit. Okay. Alternatively, Ben, if your boy is like all the evils of the world and screaming die yes, and, yes, and, yes. and that's not your boy, that's Angramanu. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be really funny, Catherine, is what if we did when I finish uh Tsukihime remake, if we did a secret <laughs> time capsule. Oh, that yeah. would be so sick. Please. You should see okay, the, the yeah. face that Fen did. No, you, you said time capsule and I was like, okay, okay. That's, oh, yeah. I wouldn't. I do thought you were going to do a, like an entire episode. No, without I would never do that. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want me for the Psykihime time capsule episode, like literally just message me like, Catherine, I want you and I will be there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know many other people who have played the remake as of yet but yeah it's gonna be a while i, I played I it twice it, so. once in japanese and once yeah. with the fan translation that's fun i'm making progress i didn't get to play last night but uh chunking through day two it was so much it's so funny uh after the character who shows up on the morning of day two I, as soon as she left the screen i could read at like triple speed she's oh, so yeah. fucking hard to understand <laughs> yeah for sure for sure uh... All right, that's enough. Fen, see us out. Uh, all right. I'll I'll catch you guys around. I had a blast. <laughs> Wait. Fen, one, Fen. One, one day let's meet in the digital sea. <laughs>
I have started recording. Oh, and I need to open. Yeah, start recording. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I am recording. Is the blue thingy across Audacity going? Yes. Okay, we're all good. Cool. Awesome. All right. Start recording. Yes. Sorry, that was I started on my OBS backup. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Ah. Uh, Clap at fifty-two. Okay. Was that good? Uh, let's do another one at like three. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the minute. Oh, oh I did not clap. Oh. Okay. Uh. Okay. Uh. Twelve. Twelve seconds. Okay. I think that's just lag, but you sound like so behind to me. I think Catherine. it's the the across the the ocean lag. Yeah, it seems right. Edit marker. Got a lot of cable to go through. Yep. Underwater cable. <laughs> gotta pass some fish. Uh, yeah. Gotta got, got pass some fish that will then be in aquariums. Maybe the internet is eerie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I guess let's just get into it. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah.